What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Screaming Idiots Show. We've got the usual suspects in here, Kyler, Tyler, and Preston. Got uh, another special guest in here with us. We're happy to have our buddy Ryan on. Ryan, what's up, what's up, man? How's it going? It's going, bro. It's going. How you been living, man? Pretty good. Uh, I will admit my like my music life has been pretty pretty damn quiet in the last like probably year or so. I've been pretty dormant. Not really like doing a whole lot, yeah. Which is kind of a break from like I remember, especially back in like 2017 to like 19. <laughs> the timing is impeccable. I love it. This is what happens when you have yeah. when you have when oh, you have said, kids. He, you know, he's got he's got his V Bucks card. <laughs> he seriously does uh, five dollar so, Fortnite card. But um, we, I just felt like between 20, 2017 and 2019. We hit it so damn hard. Yeah. And we were playing shows that felt like almost every weekend. Sure. We did a lot of weekenders. So like it Fridays, you out, man. Fridays, Saturdays, and then COVID hit. Yeah. And then it went from like, this was a weekly thing, playing shows, practicing, writing, recording to like nothing. Same thing as us. And yep. the three of us all kind of got a little like, you know what? This is kind of nice to have a little bit of like, have mm-hmm. my weekends back, mm-hmm. spend time at home. I can get into other hobbies and stuff. And then, um... We didn't really get, we probably played our first show back, mm, probably 2021 in like summertime. I think it might have been June or July. Yeah. We played our first show back from COVID, which was a house show in a basement. Because even then at the time, like Jeez, venues, the like your smaller like DIY venues were still not doing shows because COVID was still yep. kind of a problem. Yep. Um, and then we hit it pretty hard for a while and then it died back down. Um, I joined another band for a while. And did both, and then I quit that band, um, I don't know, probably two years ago maybe, um, and then now I'm in a second band now that I'm doing stuff with, so I'm kind of burning the candles at, at cool. both ends sure. now. So, so what's but, the what's the name of both bands that you're uh, in right my, now? My main squeeze, my main band's called Derailed. I've been in Derailed since twenty fall of 2015, and then the other band I just joined last summer were called Akashic Haze. We're based out of um, Circleville. Okay. Okay. Um, gotcha. I think there's a decent like metal scene. There is a pretty good. Me- I mean, Ryan, you would know better. Yeah. Than yeah. Me. Um, there's not a lot of venues there to play. Yeah. But there's a lot of like metal bands that exist there. I'm not f- super familiar with a lot of them. Um, a lot of metalheads in Circleville. We played. Cool. We played a show at Toodles last summer. Um, we actually had Derailed was on that show too. Which oh, is kind of cool. nice. So just, just play two sets back yeah. to back. Yeah. Same yeah. instrument with yeah, both yeah. Bands? Play okay. drums. Um, I was fucking worn out at the end of that oh, one. Oh man, man. Um, but uh, we played at Toodles, and uh, that if you've ever been to Toodles in Circleville, it's not necessarily a metal venue, but there's okay. a lot of like metal people that go there. Yeah, I've and I luckily, have been to Toodles for a show. I have not. Yeah. Johnny Lawless band wins. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's the kind of stuff they normally book. And luckily, we're tight with pretty tight with the uh, the owner of Toodles. Uh, Ashley Tate is her name, and we're like, let us do this, let us do this. We probably it'll be good. Shout out Ashley. She was a little she was a little apprehensive yeah. about it, but dude, that show went it went great. Was like it fun? we had um, Dope Slug from Columbus come down. And they're like a, like a real drudgy kind of doom doom okay. style band, which Akashic Haze is like that real slow sludgy like sludge metal. I, I just imagine Black Sabbath with like more fuzz. Oh, and, sweet. and slower. Hell yeah. Um, and then Derailed. Like um, when I first joined Derailed, I was playing guitar, and we were playing more like uh, I call it like sad divorced dad rock. Yeah, butt was, rock. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really butt rock, but it was like very seether. Like, okay. Seether, Nirvana, Chevelle, like, that was kind of the okay. sound we, we were going okay. for and had. Yeah. Shit we love? 
Yeah, I still yeah, love it. I, I still love it to this yeah. day. And then, um, <laughs> you get me on Chevelle kick or Chevelle, Cedar yeah. kick. Oh, yeah. I, you answered my question because I was going to ask you if you could genreize the the two bands. So you're kind of doing two completely different things. Well, with so what happened with Derailed? Um, our original drummer quit. Okay, probably. Mm, I, don't know, I was probably in the band for eight months when he he quit. There were some disagreements internally, um, which, to my knowledge, is about the only drama that we've ever had because we're a pretty drama free band. Sure. Good. Um, and then we picked up another drummer who I'll name drop, Jake Waters. The oh yeah, a, I, know Jake. Dwarf, I know Jake. Fucking phenomenal drummer. Yeah, yes, he's he so, is. Dude. Yeah, we first can, time I ever saw him drum was actually in his church. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, dude, Jake can he jam, man. He's a fucking monster. Yeah. So when we picked him up, like that really just like gave us the potential of like we could play and do anything we want now. Yeah. You know? So um, we were doing kind of like this either divorced dad shit for mm-hmm. a while. And then Caleb and I were um, sitting out back of his house one night having a bonfire, splitting a 30-rack PBR. Hell yeah. And at the time... metal as fuck. (laughs) At the time, we were really, really into uh, the band The Chariot. Oh, yeah. Why have I heard of them, but I can't... They were like, well, um, Josh Goggin, the front man of The Chariot, was in Norma Jean before Uh, The Chariot. Okay. Okay. That could be why. Yeah. Um, We were real into that, and we had this conversation. He's like, what would you think about, like getting heavier and doing more like screams and mm-hmm. just getting not quite like the chariot level of, of chaos, but like just getting heavier. And I'm like, I'm waiting for you to say this for like two <laughs> every years. drummer yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was still playing guitar at the time. Okay. So, so every we, guitarist. Yeah. I was gonna say every guitarist <laughs> yeah ever. Straight up. So then we, we, uh, we kind of got heavier and louder. And then over the years, we've kind of slowed down a little bit more and gotten a little more kind of like the stoner rock. Cool. Yeah. Um, more Sabbath inspired kind of stuff, but we still kind of keep that original like derailed edginess to it. Mm-hmm. Um, people ask all the time, like, what kind of music do you guys play? And I always tell people, I'm like, well, if you take like Black Sabbath with like kind of Pantera style vocals, mm-hmm. but like the modern kind of chaos of like Norma Jean and the Chariot and kind of just that's so that a good way to explain it that raw big wall yeah, of sound we, we, type. We don't, we don't like to do the whole like over-processed stuff. Uh-huh. I think... Um, Which we've touched on a lot on this yeah, show. We have talked about was, different... Uh, Dave Grohl said in an interview one time, he's like, you know, rock and roll, like the people who make it are not perfect. Sure. Yeah. And like, we'll record stuff and we're... we're we don't really, really harp on it and try for it, but we're, um, we're big fans of like, let's do it in one take. Okay. The vocals are a little bit different because you get tired. Right. You know, it just happens. That gives me um, real Norma Jean vibes. Yeah. yeah. But like, if I'm going to do a drum track... I like to do it in one shot because I fucking I hate editing drums. Yeah, <laughs> I can't stand yeah. it. I'm not right. good at it. it I don't sucks, like doing dude. it. It's horrible. So like, we'll get we'll try and get like a drum track done in one shot, and do a guitar track in one shot. And because that's if you're gonna come see us, we want our it's recordings reflect. to sound like what we do live. Yeah, yep. and I almost like we almost kind of strive to make our live performances better than what we record and put out because. One of my favorite bands, which also includes Josh Goggins, called 68. They're a two-piece band. Um, two-piece? And, like, if you go see them live, they have this massive fucking sound. It's so cool. Um, and those experiences that I've had seeing them live super outweigh listening to the records. Don't get me wrong. The records are great. They sound awesome. Yeah. But I, I would we, we would particularly, like, rather leave people with, like, the remembering the experience of our show. Than we would like. Here's this CD because you the, you can play yep. a CD and it's going to be the same every time. You listen to "Dark Side of the Moon" by Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. You know what you're getting yourself into because you've heard it a bajillion times. Mm-hmm. But like 
you go see Pink Floyd, you're going to remember and talk about that experience more fondly than listening to the record over and over. So that really reminds me of bands that we've talked about a lot. We've already talked about one here tonight and bands that we, the three of us just went and saw in concert is Norma Jean and Greyhaven, because at least to me, both of those bands sound tremendously better live than they do on the records because yeah. they do something similar to what you just referred to. And I feel like, you know, every song they do, each track is in one take. It's super yeah. raw. It's not overproduced. Mm -hmm. It is a big, gigantic wall of sound. It's not too refined. It is in your face. Dude, one of my, uh, a big band that was a big, like, um, like mind opener for me was Sleep. Have you ever heard of them? Sleep. They have this, they have this hour long song. It's 63 minutes called oh Dope. It's called Dope Smoker. Okay. And the, the song is about a, a group of, they call them Hashishans. <laughs> um, they call them like a bong huffing caravan going through the desert delivering marijuana to people. Okay. And it's this big, it long, amazing. it's this big, long, epic song. Sure. Um, and the first time I heard that, I had this like, something just woke up in my mind. I was like, I love this driving, sludgy, slow, doom metal sound. And then I saw them live. And Matt Pike, who, um, he's actually the guitar player for High on Fire. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of the of High on Fire. You've um, heard of them. You're dropping yeah, a bunch I, of shit. <laughs> I'm like, he's getting this is why you're on the show, it's bro. It's, uh, it, <laughs> look, it's, I haven't listened to it. I mean, I listened to it like one time in passing. Uh, they uh, they won Metal Album of the Year in 2020, I think. High on Fire. They got a, they have a Grammy. But anyways, okay. I saw Sleep for the first time. And Matt Pike, you know the like... Uh, stereotypical like rock and roll guy guitar player who has like the wall of amplifiers mm -hmm. behind him yes mm -hmm. well we we all know that's fake we all know that yeah, there's right. an axe effects behind stage yeah, that's yeah. plugged in matt pike is not that guy with the axe effects behind stage he will play with this giant wall of um orange rocker verbs and thunderbirds and, why is it um, always orange amps too when i see shit like that? that's the stoner like that stoner it's and that doom sound, is orange man. man yep um every single one of those calves and amplifiers are real Wow. And then their bass player Al um, plays a giant wall of um, Ampeg eight by tens and SVTs, and they're just huge. I mean, it, I like it rattles imagine. your teeth. Like you have feelings in your teeth. Like they're going to be wow. gone when you walk out of the show. That reminds you of like going to. It's you so know, cool seeing live shows of bands in like the eighties and nineties where they just they had this gigantic. Wall. Yeah. The whole stage yeah. is a wall of cabs and amps. Yeah. And you, one like of them you was said, real. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. one of those fuckers is real. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, and the uh, rest is for show. Um. So when I saw when I, you see sleep, you have this like full full body experience of the whole entire thing, and I always harp back to I'd rather have that experience of giving people a live show over. Yeah. Hey, go listen to the 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 soulless Spotify. You know, well, it's funny stuff, you say that which is great. But you there's know. so many bands that I have listened to or tried to get. You know how you like. Or at least I, we've talked about it, where I like try to force myself to get into a band. You do, with somebody, bro. You will rape yourself. Somebody with a hypes them up to me, and there has been several bands that I've went and seen live, and I'm like, "All right, I get it now. Yep. Now I understand." Dude, one of the coolest bands I, I've ever seen. Um, they actually opened for Twenty One Pilots. Okay. In um, Columbus at the LC, and this was kind of like before Twenty One Pilots was like the giant internet meme that they are now. Yeah. Um, and I was reeling to him in high school, so I went mm -hmm. up that night and saw him in this uh, three-piece rock band from Dayton called – they're not around anymore um, – called Red Hot Revival opened up. Mm -hmm. Just like real like bluesy, smoky blues rock. Okay. And they were 
fucking incredible. Um, so then I remember getting home after the show and I looked them up on Bandcamp and their recording literally sounded like they put like an SM58 in the middle of the room and pushed record on a tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> but it like, Whoa. it was, it sounded so neat. It was produced so shitty. They fucking nailed it. <laughs> they nailed, they it. nailed <laughs> it. They nailed it. I was like, and I still, I still have this production those. production so shitty. It was almost artistic it. how shitty. I feel like, I yeah. feel like the was. type of music and what he's talking about. He's going to shit on a lot of the bands. <laughs> yeah. the oh, that's fine, though. Listen, that's that because, that's why I'm because here. Because I'm, I'm cool with shit like yeah, that. As yeah, long yeah. as the, the music's good, I'm I'm in there. That reminds me of a like. completely different genre, and completely different era. But if you go back and listen to Megadeth's first album, Killing Is My Business. It sounds like oh, it It's sounds horrible. Yeah. The songwriting's there, though. The yeah. songwriting's Kill great. Kill them all. The riffs are... Kill them all sounds like Kill shit. Kill them all sounds yep. like it shit. It does. I'm it sorry. does. It, it sounds horrible. Oh, God damn, those riffs are great. <laughs> all of the... Megadeth, <laughs> those they riffs were all, are so good. Granted, yeah. they were all written by Dave Mustaine, but that's... That's why they're so good. <laughs> 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 but if you go back and listen to some of those, like, those bands' first records, they, the production is horrible. Yep. It's yeah. so hollow, and but you it makes you listen to the song more because you don't want to hear the fucking mix. But then yeah. back then, I would assume that it was... It was such a different sound, and it wasn't this clean no. go, party that people I would, just loved. I would it. disagree because if you go listen to the difference between Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning, Ride, Ride the Lightning is I see, yeah. incredible. Yeah. And yeah. it was two yeah. years later, one year later. Right. So it was just they were poor. <laughs> they couldn't afford <laughs> so to have like, it mixed well. Being in a and two being in bands over the years, like when I hear and listen to Kill 'Em All, and I listen to the production quality and whatnot, I'm like. I know what it's like to, you know, not be able to afford, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Badass Studio Guy down the street and we got to do it in the garage. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I sympathize with that. I'm like, I know why this is and that's cool. Yep. So it makes it more fun for me. Yep. And, like, I've been in bands now for, well, since 2015. Um, so that that makes it cooler for me. Not everybody has that experience, you right. know, because they, right. they don't get it. So let's let's take it back. Take it back in time a little bit, Ryan. And, and you know. How did you get started in, you know, be it rock or metal music? Like, did you grow up in a family that was, you know? Yeah, that's a, I love I love answering this because I, I get to talk. I, get to talk I about, love hearing. Everybody I love hearing everybody's yeah. story. Well, I, yeah. I get to talk about. I get to talk about my mom. There I we go. My mom death, so. There we go. I'm not a mama's boy, but my mom is the shit. So. <laughs> my mom's fucking yeah. awesome. Dude, bro. I get it. Dude, she made some cookies for me over Easter weekend. I took them. Oh, so goddamn good. <laughs> that's elite, bro. Yeah. Um, so my mom, uh, she grew up she was pretty young in the, in like the sixties. So, um, her older sister, well, my aunt, um, was super into the Beatles and got her into the Beatles. So that was always her kind of like style of music. Sure. And when I was a real, real young kid, um, dad would go to work and I'd, I'd stay home with mom and my family, we always have had some sort of really nice stereo system. My mom and dad have always valued having a nice stereo system, even to this it's day. It's funny. But, the same thing went yeah. around my family as well. Um, and my mom would always have Sunny 95 playing, which is, I think they're Columbus Station, maybe. Play the oldies. You know, mm-hmm. what, what what we view as oldies. Apparently, that's a different term now. Yeah. <laughs> the real boomers. Because we're getting old. Yeah, we're getting old. But um, it was a lot of, like, like, the Doobie Brothers in Boston. Okay. Um just that the journey yep. was on there. Yep. Um, Fleetwood Mac. Like I remember oh, growing up here and all beautiful. that stuff. And then um, mm. she bought a Simon and Garfunkel greatest hits CD. And I remember the first time I heard um, Mrs. Robinson. And I was like, that was the music that I heard that was like, this guy's playing a guitar. That's what I want to do. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was Simon and Garfunkel. 
So um, I was in the fourth grade when I kind of had that like little kid revelation. Yeah. I made a burned copy <laughs> of that CD, put it on, so I could get my Sony Walkman, listen to it on the bus. Um, I love that you had a Sony Walkman. Yeah, it dude, was, I had one too. It was red. They're fucking it was a awesome. C player. It was red and had three blue dots on the top. Oh, dude, oh, I had a red one. Like, I, I had, leveled I had, up. I had Mine the... was like gray. Oh yeah, yeah. mine was gray. I was, <laughs> well, I, I I was got extra it. poor. I, well, hold on, I got it. That you was like my limited edition version. <laughs> 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 that was my that was my big Christmas gift one year because I had a cassette Walkman mm. that um. was like forever. You know, that was how I listened to you know the music that I listened to because I had a radio on it, um, and then. When I was fourth grade, so probably what seven, I don't know, eight how years old, old. I don't remember. Yeah, um, got my first acoustic guitar, um, and you know Simon and Garfunkel. I like, guess kind of like that's what got me into music. And then we were all watching TV. All the whole family was. I think we were watching Survivor. That's when Survivor was like really, yeah, really, really big. Yeah, and there was a, a toilet paper commercial. I remember it very clearly. I wish it was uploaded on YouTube because it was a really cool commercial. And throughout the entire commercial, it has these guitar players with their electric guitars and acoustic guitars, and they're all playing Smoke on the Water, you know, the intro riff. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really, really good, and some are really bad. Like, they're just going from guitar player to guitar player. And the guitar player at the end of the commercial takes a bunch of toilet paper and puts it around his room to, like, soundproof it. <laughs> and he just starts ripping on Smoke on the Water, and then it goes into the actual Deep Purple song. Um, I remember I looked at my dad, and I was like, Dad, what what song is that? And he's like, oh man, he's like that song was hot as shit back in the seventies. That's "Smoke on the Water" by Deep Purple. So like, I got my pudgy little eight year old ass up off the couch, <laughs> threw my ice cream bowl down, and got a Walmart dot com, and paid ninety nine cents to download "Smoke on the Water." And that was like the catalyst of like, okay, holy I want, shit, I want to play rock and roll now. Like, yeah, I want to get cool. loud. And then I remember I worked that all that next summer to buy a Squire Strat off of eBay. For I think I paid in like ninety bucks for it, which at the time for me was like all the money in the world. <laughs> a lot of money, bro. And then that was the that was the catalyst of like I want to play wow. like loud, annoying music to mm-hmm. piss my parents off. Wow, yeah, that's, that's cool. awesome. I thought it was great. Mom, and Dad weren't super happy about it. But, no, you know. that's that's cool shit though, because I think a lot of us can relate to that. Even if you grew up in like a musical family mm-hmm. and you gravitated towards something out of their circle. Well, another thing for me was um, the video games I played when I was a kid had the most it the other day, yeah. banger soundtracks, like uh, the, the first Tony Hawk game. Yep. You fired it up. We just made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Police yep. Truck by Dead Kennedys comes on. And yep. oh, shit, that game came, came out in 99, I think. Something we were like talking that. about. I was the, talking last about... Thing, the last thing you want your like, little seven-year-old listening to is Police Truck by the Dead Kennedys. <laughs> right. But I was doing it anyways, coming home, mashing Tony Hawk. And then oh, the, yeah. the, AT, the MX ATV games always had killer music. And then Guitar Hero yep. came on the scene. And that's yep. like, I'll admit, like that's how I discovered Metallica. Because one was on yep. one was on Guitar Hero three, and yep. I was like, "I love this? this band." Yep. Um, and then Metallica was like, "You remember me in high school?" Metallica was like, "Oh, it was all, of us, it. all three of we us." Were, I was yeah. gonna say we were th- huge. I mean, oh my obsessed, god! Obsessed. I mean, we had every yeah. album T shirt. You had Everything. some of the coolest Metallica shirts ever. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But like we, I mean, that was uh, every album on the iPod. When I finally got an iPod, and Yo, Metallica yeah, was it. And then we yep. we started getting into the you know. More heavier, modern stuff, yep. but yeah, Metallica. Yeah, I remember like crossing over into. I remember the first time I heard the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Which was kind of like, remember when like the all the the metalcore screamy screamo bands mm-hmm. as that people called them 
had the like really bright fluorescent colored t-shirts. Like yep. that was the trendy thing. I remember the first time I heard Prada and I was like, I don't know if I love this or if I absolutely fucking hate it. <laughs> you know? That's and how I was with was, Memphis was, Mayfire's first EP yeah. or album. I was like that with Prada. Or not Memphis Mayfire. Miss Mayai, excuse me. Dude's voice was like his screams were could get old yeah. in a hurry at first. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the I first was, time I heard Danger Wild Man, I was like, "This is oh, this fucks, this, this fucks." fucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, then uh, I found out they were Christian metalcore. And I was yeah, like, yeah. And back then, I didn't think that shit was cool. I was that like, was, "Well, that's not metal." It was weird. It was it was odd. But <laughs> that was like a yeah. That was like a niche. That was like a niche genre for a while. The like Christian metalcore bands yeah. that were like really fucking good. Yep. Because that was around about the time I discovered August Burns Red. Okay. Christian yep. metalcore. Which like you want to talk about one of the most like technical. Badass riffs, Ooh. like their their drummer, their, their Matt, drummer is Matt, unfucking. Is, I think it's Matt Griner. Yes, that guy is yep, he's unreal. You want to talk about putting on a great live show, buddy? Let yeah. me tell you. I think I've seen him twice. Yeah, I've, I've seen him I three saw, times. I saw them so. with this. This bill was nuts. It was them, Miss May I, Fit for a King, and Crystal Lake. Okay, I saw Fit for the King, Fit for a King one time. Whew. It was awful. I did oh, not think I they, saw were, they that were really good. I, I, I did not think was... they were that good, except for, of course, the front man. Oh, he can they fucking have turned, scream. They've but, turned yeah. into straight-up radio core these days, bro. Dude, that, um, hold on. You, I went and saw August Burns Red, I think, with Prada in 68. Um, this was probably... And 68 or in 68? You time traveling? And 68. Yeah. Oh, they're all in the same bill. Damn, you got hit me up. I'd like to go to Woodstock. Yeah, Doc Brown's my fit, my best friend. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh. I was in Cincinnati at Bogart's, and I was with um, Love that my movie. friend John and my friend Lexi was there with her boyfriend at the time, so we kind of like met up in the crowd and were pounding around. Um, and I had been playing with Derailed and for a while, and we had been playing down there an awful lot. Um, so we're standing in the crowd, and um, one of the coolest things that ever happened to me, it's kind of lame, but it is pretty neat. These two like pudgy, long-haired, like metalhead-looking kids walk up to me, and they're like, are, are you the guitar player for Derailed? And I was like, I laughed. I was just like, what the fuck? And, like, they're looking at me like <laughs> they're excited that I'm, like, I'm here. That's and I was cool like, shit. oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. They're like, dude, you guys are fucking awesome. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> that's cool as just fuck, Just got recognized man. in this giant crowd of people, and they walked off. And You're hard to miss. Yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they walked off, and my friend John looked at me. He's like, did that just fucking happen? I was like, I think it did. I think I'm a rock dog, star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm basically James Hetfield. I yeah, <laughs> I felt, it felt really cool because you could tell like they were just excited to like, oh my gosh, that's the guy. They're like, we've seen you at Thompson House like five, six times. I'm like, cool. That's awesome. Get a hold man. of me and buy presale tickets, please. <laughs> <laughs> and that probably like rejuvenated your desire to keep going. And yeah. keep, I mean, oh, yeah. it's like holy shit, dude. Like, like there was um, some. I'm getting – this is working. People are yeah. listening and coming Come, to the show. They're coming and, back. Yeah. yeah. Cause, yeah. You know, we have fans. Well, you get like the real drunk guy at the end of the night who tells mm -hmm. you like how much he enjoyed your set. That is – I oh love those God, conversations. So often. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, this guy's going to wake up tomorrow. He ain't going to remember shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when people come back – is is like okay i'm like okay cool this is we're yep. we're, we we're got, doing something we got some traction and then you start seeing the same people consistently mm -hmm. every single time you go and for us like we're almost two hours away from cincinnati mm -hmm. right so the fact that we can be a complete out of towner and still kind of have some that's people awesome. show up and you know that's all pay awesome. real money to come see us that's cool that's a good it's feeling because cool yeah, getting getting that up off the ground is that's some well, tough, and we that's frankly, i know these find, guys can finding be. that you are worth 
other people's time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they recognize you in a crowd. Yeah. Well, like, if you really like something, what's the first thing you do? Tell your friends about it. Exactly. Oh, yep. dude, word of mouth is still the most powerful yeah. driving force. I, when I find something I love, whether it's music or something, I got to share the shit. Mm-hmm. Like, instantly, I got to share it. Dude, I, I hate people who are like, Oh, don't talk about this band I just found. I'm like, that's not the point, gatekeeper. man. Yeah, yeah, I hate, I, I hate that that's, stuff so much. Is that much. the definition of a gatekeeper? Then, pretty much, Somewhat. pretty much. But yeah. gatekeeping technically in music is like, if you're our age and you think every band out today is just dog shit. Okay. Oh, it's not all that remains. It's not okay. you know, that kind of. I got that. you. I got some gripes with those fellas. Oh man. Hold on. So I remember. Guitar Hero 2, their song 6. Yep. Yep. Just, and it's then, awesome. Um, this Calling, like, the, yep. they have that beautiful. Great music. Dude, I heard an All That Remains song on the radio like a year ago, and I was like, It hurts you, didn't it? I there, was like, it won of album they I'm like, it did, they, did they break up and there's another All That Remains? So I, I, got on, <laughs> I, got, I got on Wikipedia and I'm like, What the fuck happened to this? Like, I, I, I'm all for, like, you want to do a different sounding record? Go right ahead. But then when we don't like but it, it's a, like, fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a difference between, like, doing what they did and then going to the complete, yeah, it like, was weird. cookie cutter. Yep. Like, we didn't like it either. Butt rock. Like, yep. ah, yeah. Radio core is what I call it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I don't even know if it was heavy enough to be considered that. Yeah. It's just, it's just. I mean, it's stadium rock yep. is yep. what it is. Yep. But yeah. so, yeah, sucked. I guess, Ryan, I'm curious as to, because, hell, even I don't know this, what was that kind of aha moment you had where you you got into the heavier stuff whether it was metallica slayer devil wars product like what was that that aha moment where you went from the deep purple the black sabbath to the the heavier shit whatever it might be uh it was it was metallica um simon and garfunkel made me want to play music metallica made me want to be in a band okay which is kind of funny because i discovered metallica and Oh six, oh seven. Mm-hmm. I joined a band till twenty fifteen. <laughs> right. I had a, I had a buddy who played drums, Travis Sollers. Oh yeah, yeah, old Travis. Yep. Yeah. We used to jam in his his dad's barn all the time. Yep, we, I always we were forgot never he like, played drums. We were we were never like a full like established band or anything. But um, when I heard one by Metallica and I got to the the break, the fucking break sounds like a just like a mean like motorcycle, fully automatic. Yep, just oh. And it, it just like it tickled something inside of me. I'm like, okay, I want to go fast. I want to go loud. Yep. And then, as I've gotten older, I'm like, I still want to be loud, but I kind of want to go slow now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of like slow down. Like, give me yep. some groove because I kind I have a I have a gripe with like bands now, like some like the the deathcore and like the black metal stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Triples. Yeah, just just yeah. It's like where's the groove? Like I gotta have yeah. Something, give me give me something. That something I to can, Bob too. Yep. Something to groove Ty- too. Tyler's feeling what feeling mm-hmm. that right mm-hmm. now. I can tell you that <laughs> Tyler loves a good groove. Well, because oh, that's like because that's what makes you move, man. You you feel that groove when you you just got that shit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, cool at first. Like, it's cool. Cool. It sounds cool. I don't feel anything. Uh, yeah. One of the um. YouTubers I follow pretty heavily and have for the last five or six years is uh, Glenn Fricker, Spectra Sound Studios. He's based out of Canada. He's just real angry all the time, and I, <laughs> I'm angry all the time, so I, I like him a lot. But he said something on one of his show or one of his episodes one day, and he's like, "If you're heavy as fuck all the time, you're not heavy as fuck." I love that. Got to have some mm. dynamics. Got to go up. Got to go down. Mm. That kind of stuff. And 
if you listen to one by Metallica, yep. the first, what, four minutes of the song are pretty. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. clean. It's glassy. And they then even some of the best ballads of all. And then even time, the chorus man. hits. Yep. It's still pretty like yep. the Fade average. black is the same way. Yeah, well, the average listeners can be like, this is great. But then you get to the end of one and it's like, oh, shit. But yep. gasoline's on the fire and they just that that big mm. build or like even fucking Freebird. It's like, a big build. It's yeah. a big, 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 big build. There's that dynamic. If Leonard Skinner wrote, uh, there was like three solos at the end yeah. happening at the same time. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but if it was that solo for for the whole ten minutes, it's like okay, I'm bored. Yeah, right. This yep. is just, just give me some, give me some variety, give me some. But when some it dynamics. hits, it it hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ryan, that that goes <laughs> back to what Tyler said on an early earlier episode is that heavy is a feeling, not a sound. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's. Oh, um, I, I bet you resonate with that heavy with the sludgy slowed down. Yeah, stuff well, that... you say heavy is a feeling, not a sound. Um, you listen, to, you're probably familiar with Coulter Wall. He's, oh, I love yeah. Coulter yeah. Wall. Yeah, dude, that the um, his performance of um, Kate McCannon when he's in the brewery mm-hmm. is just him and the bass drum. It's he's got a, we've he's sat got, and watched that. that well, I couldn't tell you how many so times, times I've watched that video. Yep. That shit's heavy. Dude, you haven't seen that. I have not seen that. We need to heavy. show you, you that. You need to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just playing playing guitar, and he's got a a kick kick drum, pedal, right? a kick drum, and it's just him in a brewery playing this song. And he is one of the most talented acoustic guitar players I've ever seen. If you think Childers is good, you need to go watch yeah, this video. We'll, we'll show you when it's we're done heavy. recording because it's. it's Heavy. And that song, in in yeah. in general, is so it's like an Edgar Allan Poe poem put into a song. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's sounds cool. interesting. Oh, it's it's, it's, a, it's a murder ballad about it is. It's um, a murder ballad. catching it, catching his woman cheating yeah. and, and he, kills them both. Yep, shoots them both. And it's but it's and he's he's that's talking heavy. about he, that's it's metal as fuck. It's heavy. So he starts he starts the song about talking about how he's in prison, and then he explains why he's in prison. It's this whole story of how he meets her, how you know all this. It's it's incredible. Yep. And the bam 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 that it's got that like prison riot he, feel yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, well, he's um, talking about wait. working in the mines, right? Yeah. And it's 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 almost it like he's sling a sledge, yeah. like slinging a, yeah. a, a a pick into yeah. a. Yep. It reminds me of Johnny Cash's cover of "God's Gonna Cut You Down." Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the chains rattling yep. and stuff. Incredible yes. song. Well, it's and that that tempo, that beat is the same as um, the middle part of um, oh, the Metallica song. It's about Passover. Creeping death. Creeping death. Creeping death. Holy dun, shit. Yep. That yeah. that tempo. Yeah. That tempo yeah. is like you want to fuck some shit. Yeah. That's the tempo you need. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So and that's when you go back, you listen to, you know, I I personally listen to a lot of country music like that, like Colder Wall, like Tyler Childers, yeah. old Johnny Cash. There are so many. You know, country gets a bad rap for what's on the radio today. It but sucks. if you know what to listen to, there's that. There's that underground, more underground stuff right now that's kind of like creeping it's up. Good, it man. is just, damn and, good. And the thing is, yep. is people are finally catching on to it. I never thought I'd be into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's Tyler plays it. Tyler learned an entire Tyler Childers song and probably would have never learned or never guessed yeah. that he would have. And not to speak for Ryan, but it would make sense that because it has that raw, different out of place feel that you would resonate and with. It's, it's, real. it's real good country is closer to bluegrass than anything. Yeah. Right. Correct. And yep. I think and like like we were just said, it has that heavy feeling to it. The actual yeah. songwriting. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just about 
my truck broke down, my dog died, and my girl, I, my girl, my girl left me, so now I'm drunk. And I'm, <laughs> so there, it's yeah. it's not that. It's a murder ballad. Yeah. It is it's a song about being the, judged my, by my God. My girl cheated on me. I'm going to kill that bitch. And I'm going to kill that bitch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm going to write this up. song while I'm sitting in prison for it. Yep. I mean, that's yep. that's good shit. Uh, so that's a great point out of you. That's I remember it was it happened to me like over the uh, the pandemic because um, I was I wasn't off work for three months, but I wasn't going to like yeah, to right, my which job. Is what you do, yeah, I was working from home, um, and I really started listening to Coulter Wall was kind of like the introductory to it, and then because um, one of my friends Terry Gruber introduced me to Coulter mm-hmm. Wall, he actually invited me to see him at Toodles one night back in like 2016. And I was busy, so I didn't go. Uh-huh. Come to find out, it was Colter Wall and Tyler Childers on the same set. Holy I shit. didn't know that at the time, or else I probably would have made more of an effort to go. Holy shit. But, yeah. um, I started listening to Colter Wall a lot over COVID. And I'm like, I really, really like this kind of sub-genre of folk country yep. kind of like shit. It's like folk country. And, of course, the YouTube is like, well, if you like this, you'll like this. And you'll <laughs> yeah. like that. And it's kind of like evolved. And now, nowadays, man, like. I listen to more of that kind of stuff than I do metal or anything. Do you listen that's to Sturgill Simpson? Oh, I fucking love Sturgill okay. Simpson. Okay, so that's that's yeah. another good one that I w- I've, I've, I can't remember if I've recommended him to Tyler or not, but Sturgill is that real old-school bluegrass, picking on a telly, finger-picking a, a telly. But like, he's like psychedelic sometimes. Yeah, yeah. it's just yep. so cool. And, and full disclosure, if you go back and listen to some of Tyler Childers' songs, go down and look who wrote the songs. It says Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson. They mm. They... They buddies. wrote an entire album together. So, yeah. if you like Childers, then then Sturgill's uh, your guy. So Sturgill. I've only I've only found a few songs by Tyler that I I listen to. Yeah, I don't I don't like all of his stuff. I That's dig fair. the shit out of his new record. But I just I, I think to it's it. cool. I love it. I it's think it's, it's cool almost shit. it's kind of gospel music. I have such way. a hard time with country music, though. Is the thing and I know you do. That's why, like you said, I was. I never would have expected that I would have sat down and learned a country song. And then I I heard that Tyler Childers song, Hard Times, and I was like, fuck. That's a good one. Uh, Billy, I'll, learn, I'll learn it. Billy, Strings, one about- Billy Strings is another one that I've, I've, I've been. I've heard of that name. He's, dude, he's a wicked-ass guitar player. that name. Like, that guy can fucking play. He's nuts. He can play anything, really, if yeah. he wanted to. And he's even, like, um, there's a cover of him doing uh, Planet Caravan by Black Sabbath live. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Nutshell a couple weeks ago. So, like, he's he's broad spectrum of music, but he is namely, like, a bluegrass player. And that's this. I mean, he's fast as fuck. He's yeah. fucking incredible. Hmm. That's why I like like Chris Stapleton. Dude, yeah. that guy's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his, uh, his national anthem he did at the Super Bowl. Ooh. <laughs> his best one I've ever heard. I was... Yeah. I, I was I was like me, a dude. single beer in yeah. the night, and I was standing there like like jaw on the floor, like this yeah. is the most like just intimate feeling. Mm-hmm. It, it, again, like it almost it was almost heavy. Like, yeah, just drew me into it. And I was like, Have you listened God. to his bluegrass group, the Steel Drivers? Yeah, dude, yeah, they're great. Yes. Um, he was in a rock band too called the Johnson Brothers. Yes, and they're Correct. like no it's way. well. I've always said that Chris Stapleton, like his voice and his singing style, is just yeehaw Chris Cornell. It is. Oh <laughs> shit! That's a hot take. Bro, but, that's then, but then, if you listen to the Johnson Brothers, like, yep, this is this is Yeehaw Audio Slave. That's almost. wild, yeah. dude! Holy that's shit! Part, because he's he has that that same voice, raspy. That, I mean, yeah. he's Powerful. that Southern rock kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Hell of a guitar player, hell of a songwriter, 
And if you go listen to any of his, <clears throat> excuse me, his, whether it's the country stuff or bluegrass stuff, every song tells a great story. Mm-hmm. He's, He's a great storyteller. That song, Starting Over, he wrote with his wife, I'm pretty sure. Yes, she helps. she it, sings yeah. on it. Yes. Yeah. She does. That's pretty good. She's huh. really good. It's funny. I didn't... But she's not so good that it sounds fake. Yeah. Like, she yeah. still has, you know, some... Cause I've spent, a, I know you guys have just spent a lot of time with mugs and jugs here in mm-hmm. town, and dude, there for a couple of years. Like the only Chris Stapleton you ever heard was Tennessee. Tennessee whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah, oh my god, it that would so play, well. which is the, a cover, and the weird, nobody knows the, that but... the the weird drunk couples would get up and dance yeah. with each other, the and you just be sitting there like, why the fuck am I here? <laughs> so I kind of like resented Chris Stapleton for a little yeah. while. I didn't really explore his catalog, and then again with getting more into country music, he just kept popping up with his other stuff. I'm like, yep. shit. This guy, good, fucking, man. this guy fucking rules. It's good, yeah. dude. I was all about it. <clears throat> yep. I feel so out of place in this conversation because I despise country. <laughs> I you're gonna, you're gonna, Stapleton, I'm gonna I think you, you would like as well, man. I'm, something he's something different about him. You got to go about it the right way. I've had a lot of friends like who tell me like I just I hate country music, and I'm like, well, if I get you onto the right track, the right same thing as same thing as a, a great governor. We talked about that. Maybe on the pod too, just just having that bridge that gets you, like a gateway gets you band in the door, or song. and then yep. you start appreciating some some more here and there, and maybe I'll come around to it. But yeah, I don't know. You guys are talking all these facts, and I'm just like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking. I've got a, well, I've got a couple. Right. He, he did a he did a he did a Super Bowl. Oh man, that's cool, man. <laughs> this motherfucker ain't watched a football game in twelve years. Yeah, I got a, yeah. I got a couple good Chris Stapleton songs and, and Sturgill songs I could show you that are are more rock feel that you would be like, man, I dig that that chicken picking shit, and then some stuff by Colter Wall that'll just punch you right in your chest. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. but anyways, bring so, it. I, you know, what are you listening to now, Ryan? Like, if 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 I if you pull up your playlist on your phone, like what? I, I will because I I you listen a, to so well, much shit you can't name them off the. No, I have singer. ADHD real bad, and if I don't see it in front of me, it doesn't exist. Thanks. <laughs> Same. I'm glad I can I'm not fucking relate yeah, for once. Yeah, oh my it's god. Bad. Um, I thought I had a problem. Oh, the well, stuff I, the stuff I listen to, like it's really hard for me to go back and like pick an album out and just listen to it unless it's like one of my like all-time favorites mm-hmm. so like my recently added on my apple music is like what i listen to um right now um been listening to blizzard of oz the, al- the album yeah because yeah. um the uh song suicide solution was in a tv show i was watching the other day i was like man i don't want to listen to that album so i've been listening to that um, now that's zach on that record right and that's randy is it randy i think so what year is it uh, da, da, da. that'll tell us. I could have swore that was 1980. That. Yeah, that's Randy. Well, cra- Crazy Train's that. on that album, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's Randy yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been listening to the Bojack Horseman soundtrack because that's one of my favorite shows, and the music in that <laughs> and that oh. show's really cool. Um, I mentioned Fleetwood Mac. There's a small artist called Like Lee, spelled L Y K K E L I, um, and her cover of Silver Springs is. Way fucking better than Fleetwood Mac's. Mm, that's blasphemy, Ooh. my guy. Dude, I'm, I'll, I'll say it. It's, better than Stevie Nicks? <laughs> dude, it's pretty damn good. He mm. said hot take. So I've kind of kind of been... Damn, that's an early one, y'all. I've kind of been stuck on stuck on that one for a while. Okay. Um, there's one that I just popped up that I really want to talk about. They're called All Them Witches. Um, they're He's from Nat. Me on game. I'm listening, I, I've listened to a few of their songs because you, you told me about them. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell everybody about them because I fucking love this band. Tell everybody. But they're, um, <laughs> they're, uh, they're from Nashville 
Um, and they kind of like, I have a very eclectic music taste and all them witches is like, if I could dump all of my favorite bands in one band, okay. cause like they're, they're, they're a rock band, but they've got some like chunky, more metal sounding riffs and stuff that happen. Sometimes they sound like Radiohead, which is one of my all time favorite bands. Uh, okay. Sometimes they sound like the doors. Sometimes they're a dirty stoner rock band. Sometimes they're just a straight blues band and they'll have harmonicas and organs and keys and all sorts of stuff in there. Um, their guitar player, Ben McLeod, is like just watching him play is mesmerizing because he's so goddamn good. And I saw them. Ben McLeod. I saw them last winter um, at Scully's up on High Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and the show was over and he was up there, you know, getting his pedal board all fixed up. And I walked up to him and I said, hey, man, I was like, great show. I was like, I got a question for you, though. He's like, what's up? I'm like, does your back hurt? He's like, no. Why? Like, why would you? Why would you ask for that? I'm like, well, from carrying the entire band on your back, like, doesn't hurt. <laughs> and he like he like smiled, and you could tell like it really hit him that someone paid him like some sort of like genuine compliment. He's like, dude, I've never gotten a compliment like that. Thank you. I'm like, you you fucking deserve it. That's yeah. awesome. All, all them witches, they're fucking. The bass player ever witches. heard you and and look like the cat in the hat meme. <laughs> 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 yeah, their bass players, they're all fucking great. He does their, uh, he sings for them too. Um, he plays one of the coolest uh, bass guitars I've ever seen. It's definitely probably started life out as a Rickem- Rickenbacker body style, mm-hmm. but the top piece of it is cut off, so he like runs the strap oh, down to the I've bottom seen... part. It's real like long. the bottom horn. The top horn is off. Right, so he runs like, the strap to the bottom horn? Yeah, yeah. But huh. the, I don't think the top horn was ever there. Does he play real oh. high? Kind of. It's just, it's really, really fucking weird looking. It's just super I've cool. I've seen, like fucking I've seen one of those <laughs> Almost, before, yeah. and they just look awkward. The Rickenbackers are the ones with the cutoff horn on the, the top. The ones with the cutoff horn. Yeah, they're not made by Rickenbacker. Um, I don't know where he, it doesn't have like a logo on the headstock, but... Um, Everything about that band is great. They're just the the tone, the way their albums are produced. They do a lot of uh, weird shit. Their last full length record they put out in twenty twenty, they did at Abbey Road Studios. I've heard of that for some reason. Abbey Road Studios. I've heard of that. I'm sure you have. You ever heard the Beatles album Abbey Road? Oh no, fucking wonder. (laughs) That's where that was recorded. (laughs) Bourbon got me. (laughs) But uh, they of course they did that album there, so it's just like the production on it is just. It's incredible. But they've done a lot of their, um, even their more recent albums, they've done them by themselves. Um, there's one they did called um, Dying Surfer, and it's kind of like a weird acoustic, it's more soft acoustic kind of style stuff. Um, and they just rented a cabin in Tennessee for, I think, two weekends and recorded it there and just did it themselves. Hmm. So like they'll, they, they said in an interview one time, they're like, well, sometimes we'll hire it out and sometimes we'll do it ourselves. It just depends on what we want it to be. What we, what right. we want it to become, which I think is really fucking cool, especially for them to have have the level of success they have and still kind of want to stay in the DIY space. Because again, we talked about having that sound of doing it yourself. Yep. yep. So That's they've cool. uh, in the last probably two years probably been probably my top dog. Really, all I them witches. You too... told me about them a while mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Yep. Shout out all them witches. That's, I'm gonna look into them. That's two guests in a row that have recommended some weird shit. We had treasures from yeah Derek and from Derek. Yep. All them witches from <laughs> yeah. that sounds like some redneck shit though. It's not all them bitches. It's <laughs> not all them witches. <laughs> I don't know nothing about all them bitches. It was funny when I saw them at Scully's. The opening band that played with them was called L.A. Witch, 
and they're a full full female like psychedelic rock band from California. Um, well, Ellie, which obviously mm-hmm. they're really really cool, and they got up there and they're like, "Oh, uh, welcome to you, the All Them Witches show." We are the bitches with the witches. I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's, that's clever. They, that's, they were they were badass. They that was really, killer marketing on yeah. on their yeah. part. So. They were really because I, I kind of like some of that like more modern psychedelic kind of sounding shit. There's a a local band from Dayton called Salvador Ross that kind of plays that like real psychedelic '60s '70s shit, and their guitar player Kyle Byram is just like, oh, he's gross. He's gross. He's so good. He every, had the stink face. Yeah, every he time. He had the stink oh, face. Was the Trump face? You remember that meme? Yeah. Donald Trump making that face? Yeah. 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 Every time I go see them, they just play this greasy rock and roll psychedelic shit. And I, I really, really dig that kind of That's stuff. Cool. That's First, cool. Like I said, Radiohead's one of my favorite bands. See, this, is why, pretty, this is why I wild. thought you were a great guest because your your tastes and, and – and, um, you know, influences are so much different than – which, I mean, the three of – him and I are pretty similar, but Tyler is a lot different than – than the two of us as far as influences yeah. and what he likes and you're you're even more different than that so mm-hmm. it's cool to have somebody on here that can go a different path because you know we want everybody that listens yeah. to feel like they have something in common with the it's, show it's so. funny like a lot of people that know me just know me as like the really loud metal guy because derailed is a really loud fucking metal band yeah and i'm like no, nah, dude. Like I listen, I, I listen to Dire Straits on the way here. I relate to that because for a long time, Screaming Evidence was the heaviest shit I listened to. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, yeah. And a lot of that's just because Scotty was always pushing us to get heavier and heavier. Yeah. And though I would like listen to other stuff that was heavy, it wasn't really anything I listened to on a regular basis. Yeah. That was at all as heavy as Screaming That's kind of what we did to Jake when he was in Derailed, is he wasn't super into, like, really, really heavy stuff. That's not what we want. <laughs> uh, and playing with us, he got he got more and more into it as time went on, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, for know? sure. No, I, you know, it's funny. Tyler says that Screaming Evidence was the heaviest shit he listened to at the time, and I'm sitting there going... Yeah, when I first started Screaming Evidence, they were the softest shit I listened yeah. to at that time. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Hey, yeah. I thought they were soft too, and I joined the damn band. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was, it's kind of funny. I heard the mom song, and it sold me this. So. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I used to just be the, <clears throat> I guess I was a gatekeeper, if you will, because if it wasn't fucking, I mean, I, yeah, I grew up on thrash metal. Like, that was, it that had was to be what, fast and gritty. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was what I was into, and, I was talking about on a previous episode, you know, bands like Godsmack were some of the ones that I thought when I first heard them, I'm like, man, that's kind of soft. And the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, man, this shit is fucking awesome. Have you ever seen Godsmack live? Uh, I I'll think tell I you have a quick, rock on the range. I'll tell dude. you a quick story. They well, fucking rule. So, I don't listen to Godsmack on the regular, but if they come to town, I'm going to go. That's funny like, you I'm say that go. because my dad's best friend, they live beside each other growing up. And when I was a kid and I was obsessed with Metallica, I don't know if he he kept, like, telling this story to rub it in or what, but I swear every time I fucking seen him, he told me this story. He said he went and seen Metallica and Godsmack together. I can't remember who was before, but Godsmack had played the show, and then Metallica had headlined it, and he said Godsmack kicked the living hell out of Metallica they that night. They were fucking great. He said they were fucking incredible. Um, I saw them at Rock on the Range one year. And didn't I? They weren't on like my list of bands to see that year. Um, but they were playing before 
another band that I wanted to see. So me and me and Caleb, like, oh fuck it, we'll just we'll sit here and watch Godsmack, and like, they, I think they played forty five minutes or an hour, and it mm-hmm. went so fast. And I, I looked at him after that, and I was like, dude, did you expect that to be that fucking good? And he's like, no. Because they were, they were <laughs> killer. Wow. I have never heard killer. of them putting on a bad show, man. Yeah. Like, every time you hear somebody talk about them live, it's, I mean, yeah. they are a yeah. four. Dude, it's another, such a badass, whoop, dude. Another band that a lot of my friends have, have shit on over the years is um, Volbeat. Mm-hmm. Live, bro. We love Volbeat. I loved Volbeat. We loved Volbeat, Because they played right before Metallica that year, Rock on the Range, in 20. 18 or 17 yeah okay. it was real that sounds about when they were i thought it was up. longer ago than yeah. that no, they well, were blowing up when we were in high school it was real really? rainy okay and i was like i don't know if i want to sit through a whole volbeat set but i definitely want to see metallica um i was like dude these guys rule i'm all right with this yeah, this is really, yeah. I, have, I have a buddy who despises volbeat yeah that's what they do yeah. yeah, their tone was insane, it on, was, and man. they they were played on ninety nine seven the Blitz, and I'd be yep. f- fucking mowing the yard, and yeah. I'd hear, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And, the, and I hear that Danish motherfucker yeah. ripping it, yeah. and that They're that cool. that uh that verse, those verses in that song that we were just making fun of, mm-hmm. I can't think of the for the life of me what it's called, but it's so bouncy and fast, and I'm I'm losing yeah. my shit. I'm like, this is fucking yeah. like thrash metal, like this is my yeah. shit. So it got me. You know, hearing them on the radio actually got me into them. Yeah, they they, were, they went hard, dude. And they're one of the bands that like a lot of people hate, but I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah. Uh, you put some Volbeat on, due to your I'm, roots, I'm happy. You know, I just cannot is, yeah. stand dudes' vocal vocals. I like it. I, I like them too. I will first. say, I, I will it. say, I liked it at first, probably because the instrumentation. I like the the, the drama music, behind his but... voice. He's he's like animated. I don't know. It's interesting. They're yeah. like Danish Ramstein, but yeah. less techno-y. Now I fucking More hate Ramstein. More. I've never yeah. been into oh, Ramstein at all. I hate never Ramstein so much. Never a Warrior's Call is the song I was thinking of. A Warrior's of. Call, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ramstein's just kind of, I mean, they had like two or three good songs. But what, oh, I, yeah. that was actually the one of, I think the very first song I learned how to play on guitar was a Ramstein song. Oh, yeah. It was, um, I don't think it was Du Host, it was the other one. Um, Do you remember how to play it still? No. Good. <laughs> so, no, I don't. So Super Ryan, simple. Ryan, I'll ask you a question, and I don't want to change the subject too much because I thoroughly enjoy this conversation that we're having. But for any local artists that are out there, um, and frankly, this is a market that we haven't got into, what did you and Derail do to get into the Cincinnati scene or a Columbus yeah, scene? Because um, it's something we frankly we need to do it's it's tough it's really hard um because again if you're going to be an out-of-towner and yeah. you guys being from courthouse if you We're go to Cincinnati or Columbus you're out-of-towner everywhere you go yep. and here in town if you're not playing wagon wheel and Tennessee whiskey yep. Yep. cover band you're not you're not <laughs> playing the gig the yep. bars you know yep. um so for us when the warehouse was still around that's how I met derailed in the first place so okay. they they had played they used to play there all the time because they were like the local high school band and like all their friends went to the warehouse. So like they were the the warehouse band, you know. Um, but they Which were like I just these motivated once. high school kids that love playing music. And they started out as a, a Weezer and Green Day cover band because we were in high school. Like that, that shit's That's fun it. to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and they played one night. It was the first time I saw them with Caleb. And I was like, dude, this kid's fucking – like he's got a hell of a great voice. This is – I really like this. They started playing original music. Mm-hmm. And after they got done, um, Caleb walked up to me. And he said, "Hey, um, do you think you could get us in here to um, 
uh, record just some real quick, dirty demos through the PA system. And I was like, well, our PA system here isn't that advanced, but I was like, I have enough recording equipment. Like we can get something together for you. Um, and then the second day I came in to do recording stuff with them, their guitar player quit. Well, they had a show at the warehouse that following Friday. So Caleb was like, well, you play guitar. Can you just like learn our set and play with us on Friday to fill in? And I'm like, sure. And I was 21 at the time. And I think Caleb was 15 or 16. Like they were young, like mm-hmm. young, young. I was just weird old guy. I'm like, you know what? It'll be fun. Like I've never really, I haven't played on stage in front of people for a long ass time. So then after we played that one show, he's like, do you just want to like do this? I'm like, fuck it. Sure. Why not? You know, I've never played in a band, like an actual band, you know, done yeah. stuff. Um, so like we would play at the warehouse a lot. Um, and then one night there was a band playing there and my friend Cody Baxter was there. And Holy shit. Yeah. Cody from, was the drummer from for Avanti. Avanti. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is how we met. I, I added him on Facebook, and I think that's why yeah. I remember the name. Um, cool as shit. He was there with their one of their original guitar players, Delilah, and we we played that night. And they just thought we were really. I met. We met her as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. They just thought we were really fun and liked our set and stuff. So probably two three months later, um, he messaged our Facebook page and said, "Hey, um, we have to bail on this show down here in Cincinnati." do you guys want to come play it for us? We'll just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get you, get you in on the show. And we were like, perfect. Like we've never played out of town. This is, you know, a good way to bust in. And it ended up being a major flop. Cause it was at the mad, it was at the mad frog. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you Ooh, guys boy. played there before I was with the band. If I'm yeah. Not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah. So good times. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was me. It was me. And of course, uh, Nick, and Caleb and um, our original drummer Dennis, uh, and like I'm, I'm the responsible 21 year old adult <laughs> taking the kiddies down to Cincinnati on a school night to play a show, you know. Um, and there's there was nobody there. We did play with a band called um, Brain Clinic that wanted to be Tool so so bad, but they were actually kind of good at it. Like they're, they're, <laughs> oh, okay. so, like we kind of like rubbed elbows with those guys. And then I remember getting home from that show and I messaged Cody and I'm like, Hey, man. Like, anytime you want to come come to Cincinnati or have us down to Cincinnati, we're down. Come play the warehouse whenever Avanti wants to. You know, you scratch my back, we'll scratch yours. So then we just all became really good friends with Avanti, teamed up on a lot of different shows and stuff. We did a couple, uh, like, little tours with them. Um, so they were kind of like our, our edge into the That's Cincinnati cool. scene. And then right before COVID, we were having some traction up in Columbus. Um because somehow we got on a show at um, Craft and Vinyl, which was in um, oh, one of the more like ritzy areas of Columbus. Shit, I, I remember. I remember what what that place. Yeah, was. it was like yeah. a record store. They had a small little bar, and they'd have live music. Um, and the guy that ran it, his name was Troy Stacy. Really, really cool guy. Um, kind of looked like Guy Fieri almost. Um. So we got up there and started playing a lot at Craft and Vinyl, and he fucking like dug the shit out of us. We got up there, and this at this at this point, like we're now a three piece. I'm on drums, and like we're rowdy. Like mm-hmm. if it's a small, tiny venue area like this, we're we're gonna. What turn the up. fuck's up, Denny? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what we're gonna do. Hell yeah! So we we got we got done that first time we played Craft and Vinyl, and Troy like ran up to the stage and was like, "You motherfuckers, come with me." 
and I'm like, oh fuck, because we just like the bands that played before us that night were kind of like more, more just like generic kind of rock, you know, mm-hmm. pretty easy going. And we got up there and just burnt the place down. Caleb has got a wireless system. So he was getting up on the tables. Oh, and he's like just going wild, jumping off of shit. And Hell Nick's yeah. up there going wild, and I've I've got my giant long yeti hair and just making all sorts of hellacious noise. Walks up to us, he's like, "You three, f- fucking come with me right the fuck now." I'm like, "Great, this guy's fucking pissed." Like, so we got a noise complaint, like we broke something, spilled beer on something. <laughs> like, like, here goes our fucking, you know, good connecting Columbus. And Craft and Vinyl was kind of cool. The bar was connected to like a little like studio room. He had like acoustic mm-hmm. treatment in there and he would like, that's where he would record his band and mix and stuff. And he gets in there and he closes the door and he's like, I don't know what the fuck I just watched, but I absolutely fucking love this shit. (laughs) And while I'm like the relief, I was like, oh, thank God we didn't piss this guy off. And he he stood there and basically sucked our dicks for 15 minutes. Um, Oh, man. And then he ended up. Free of charge? um, Yeah, yeah. I got got a couple PBRs out of the deal. (laughs) Um, And uh, he ended up hooking us up. Um, uh, We got. Our songs, some of our songs um, on rotation on the Blitz for a while, which was pretty cool. Um, and it was uh, so unfortunate. We were in talks with um, somebody from 1025 and Promo West Productions oh, that yep. does all, like, all the bigger shows up there mm-hmm. to have us come on and, like, open up at, like, one of the bigger, like, national touring acts. They're like, hey, we love you guys. Troy, vouch for you, you know come and do this and like we were in talks and then fucking covid like just shut that down holy shit and like i think that person like the contact i had i don't think they have a different job now probably because like i got a hold of them like halfway through the pandemic i'm like hey just keeping some verbiage going on i just never got this i just assumed they probably got another job which happened to a lot of people that were in that realm Mm -hmm. yeah i mean find something different to do so that that sucked but you win some, you lose some. That's kind of part of being in a band. So it was more band relationship than it was a promoter Dude, relationship that's, then. That's what all of it is. Okay. Because um, at least Cincinnati run, kind of runs this way. If a, one, if a band wants a night at a venue, they'll get a hold of somebody who will book it and be the promoter for that show. Okay. Um, and then they'll basically say, like, bring on who you want. You know, that was a lot of it. So Okay rubbing elbows with other bands in the scene mm-hmm. and becoming friends and hanging out and stuff was the best way to, you know, get shows. Um, and I, I spent a lot of time going down to Cincinnati just to attend shows that it's my friends were playing. It's It was always fun. I'd always see people and stuff and like keeps your face around and people remember you. And like, if you're not a turd, like, yeah. Hey, we need some people to open the show for us. Come down and play. Um, so that was, that was really, really big for us. I've had little to zero luck reaching out to like venues and promoters and saying, Hey, I need, I, can I, can we play a show around this date? Um, in fact, I have sent two emails to two different venues and the whole time I've been in bands trying to get a show. That's it. I Mm. just, I, cause it, it never worked out and we just kept getting show offers from our friends or other Mm-hmm. venues or promoters that we got recommended by or they saw us one time so it just kind of like organically happened for us so i just quit like trying to reach out for shows because it just spent a lot of time like typing up emails and putting youtube links and that kind of stuff and I, I was just like you know what we'll just let them come to us yep. and it worked it worked for a good long while of course again covid kind of screwed that up because a lot of those venues we've mentioned and, it three times yeah 
lately that COVID killed it's it for dry. us too. Killed it's dry. It for well, us I, I sat down. I'm like, I haven't really done much with the band in, in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we had planned out a whole part one, part two album, and just getting part one finished recording. Oh, it was so hard. We had started it, then COVID hit, shut the studio down. Yep. Had to wait for the studio to come back up. Then we were able to get back in the studio to finish it. And then we really couldn't get a show lined up to quote unquote release it. You know, yeah, because you want to like market with party. Some, yeah. yeah, you want to yep. push it a bit. Yeah. We yeah. got to play We've a couple of shows and then both shows were kind of a joke. <laughs> and because yep. there was like no one going out. And that's the thing. It's like, even, what the fuck, dude? Even the shows that we have played back post COVID have been. They've been okay. They've been pretty good, but nothing like what it was before. The the, the momentum we had before, mm-hmm. and just getting people to come out and do shit is kind of tough. When and nowadays it's like, hey, you want to drive an hour to come see my band when gas is four dollars a gallon? Yep. Like, yep, that's hard. You know, it's extremely um, hard. I don't think people value live music near as much as they used to. Just even before mm-hmm. COVID, it's mm-hmm. always just kind of been like a a small thing that you know uh, some group of people enjoy, but you know. People don't value live sports as much anymore either. No, so they it's, don't. it's oh, no, not man. just yeah. the music industry that's been affected by that. I can watch live sports on my mm-hmm. 65-inch and 4K TV. And not, yeah. The beer is cheap. I can, yeah. If you're streaming it, you can pause it and go, I can go take a piss. Home. Yep. Dude, I don't go to the fucking movie theater anymore because every movie that comes out comes out on streaming two, three weeks later. Yeah. Right. So I can rent it for 10 bucks. Yeah. I can pause it eat my own food like why would i go to a movie i will say that music is different in that it is that's 100 percent. the experience of live music is just so much different than listening to it on a record i uh i ended up paying and watching um two different live stream concerts during coven one of them was the foo fighters which was really cool and the other one was uh, a doom doom metal band from virginia called wind hand um the female fronted super super fucking awesome and, like, they were fun. They were cool. But at the same time, I'm like, this also feels a little lame. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I did my best to make it, like, as close to being there. Because I've got a real nice surround sound system. So, like, I had the volume cranked up and lights turned down. And I have the, the lights that, like, sync with your TV. So the colors were all the same and whatnot. But I was just like, this, the, yeah, this isn't as good. Watching movies at home like that is makes way more sense than live music because it just... It just wasn't there, you know. Right. And Especially I think the Norma Jean show, it reinvigorated us wanting to get to live shows. Oh my god, absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember the the car ride home we were talking about, man, we've got to get back to going to more shows yeah. because that, that one just it was unreal. Completely injected that that feeling of I forgot how fucking awesome this was. I haven't been to yeah. a concert in three years or four years, whatever, and it kind of brought that uh, new life back into you. Last November me, Caleb, and Nick went and saw uh, Every Time I Die okay. up oh, I in Columbus. Yep. And of course, they, they broke up like two weeks after that. They're not right. banned anymore. But I remember on the ride home, we were like, fuck, we got to keep doing this. Like, it, it was just like that that little As a musician, it gives you that extra. Exp- yeah. yeah. Um, yep. I do that with um, the Foo Fighters documentary, Back and Forth, because they talk about like uh, Dave Grohl talks about like early Nirvana. <laughs> In those days, and then how the Foo Fighters came to be and whatnot, mm-hmm. and it's just real inspiring for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm ever like feeling down musically, I'll just watch that documentary, and it kind of like 
mm-hmm. gives me a little boost in the ass that I mm-hmm. need to like get back out there and like you know get some stuff done and practice because <laughs> right. you know I'm kind of bad about that. <laughs> so yeah, especially drums, man. I, I hate I hate practicing drums by myself. Scotty's the same way. I, I gotta yeah. I gotta, yeah. I gotta have way. I gotta have the rest of the band with yep. me, even yep. if I like play our songs on some some in ear monitors or just jam along to some of my favorite stuff. Like I just. I just don't like it. Yeah, know? I get in this mode right. where I want to, of course, I can create at home all that I want. But, like, if I don't have a band with me, I can make a riff up all day long. But it's like I need the band to yeah. give me give me something. I, I need to know where to go with well, it. Well, what works know? at home isn't going to work in the room. Mm-hmm. Not always. Mm-hmm. Like, Caleb's come to us with some really, really cool riffs. And, like, we'll start jamming on it. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll we'll table that for now, and some of right. it comes back, and some of it doesn't. You know, we've even had like we uh, we're real big on like writing songs and playing them and Frankensteining them live before we really decide if we're going to keep it around. And there's been probably three or four songs that we've played live consistently a lot. And like even my friends are like, "Oh, I love that song." I'm like, "Yeah, we don't play it anymore." Like we're kind of just it just didn't hit right. You know, yeah. it just didn't work. Didn't didn't tickle our fancy. But the feeling that we've always gotten when songs do hit really, really well and we want to keep them is just like, yes, mm-hmm. that's staying. Like, we, you almost know when you play it and how the crowd reacts and, like, how you played it and just how it felt. Like, this is a keeper and we're, we're going to keep going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's <laughs> – I think that's why it's taken us so long to uh, get another album put out because the last album we put out was in 2017 because we've written – We've probably written two records worth of songs, but a lot of them we've just kind of tabled and just never kept playing because they just didn't didn't have the spark, I guess. Right. Um, and there's one we've got right now that I'm particularly proud of. Um, and I can't I can't wait to release it. I almost just want to put it on out as a single and not tell <laughs> not tell Nick and Caleb because I'm just like, just I want it out there. I just want it out there because it's yeah. it's really really good. But you know, I'll, I'll respect the you know the the creative process of, you know, coming out with another album. But again, it's, it's, it's gotten harder with, uh, like Nick got married. So mm-hmm, like yep. you've got that life um, happens, man. Caleb moved to Wilmington. Like I, I work full time. We got a lot of stuff going on. So managing that for us has, has been, um, a bit of a challenge. That has been so, extremely hard for us as of lately. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. So, so, I first heard Derailed, I believe, back on Reverb Nation. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was actually us. I know, I know. I looked at at one point. I was I was looking for bands to set up shows with. Yeah, I think and they're... I came across you guys somehow, and I I felt like it was Reverb Nation. I myself, but anyone is any yeah. artist has been around for a bit. Yeah, you know what Reverb Nation <laughs> yes, was, yes. and it started off as something really cool, and, it and then it got died. really lame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have never uploaded any of our stuff to Reverb Nation, so it might have been another derailed, or it could have been. something. I don't know. I just remember I, I found you guys around that same time because we were really heavy bad. on Reverb Nation. <laughs> It was probably really bad. The first little demo we all did together was really bad. And what I shitty... believe it, it it had like a, I want to say it had like the tree on it or something. Well, shit, then that, yeah, yeah, then that is us. Maybe, Hanging I bet, tree. you know what, I bet Distro Kid pushed it to Reverb Nation. 
I don't know. I just know I had I had heard it, I found it, and I started reaching out to you guys to book some shows. So I remember I remember this conversation. <laughs> this was a while ago. Because I, I was I like, you I, guys are are pretty fucking close to what we do. Yeah. So I remember why I this didn't this. this didn't work out was because at the time I was the only member in the band that was twenty one, was old enough to like be in I didn't realize the yeah, other guys were, were that so young, young though. Yeah, because you asked me, you're like, you know, how do you feel about you know, you get you know, twenty one and up will be, you know, the show the places we're gonna be playing and I'm like, Well that's kind of an issue because my, <laughs> my, my band's not twenty one. So I can't really help you with that. Well, I remember when I was like sixteen playing shows that were twenty one yeah. and up. So and we, they let me in we were to play. Uh, we were gun shy about it because like they were still in high school, so like you want to keep they want to keep their parents as happy as they could be about the band because they right. want to keep playing in the band. And then eventually, like we would just kind of like do it because most venues and promoters aren't going to ask the talent how old they are. Yeah. So we just kind of like was never mentioned, never brought don't up. Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, nobody ever cared either. It was it had, it had never ever been a problem. But early on, it was still like probably shouldn't do this yet because at that time like their parents didn't really know me all that well so right. like gonna trust this this guy to load him up in his in his minivan and <laughs> take him to show like uh, you know but it's like the movie the rocker you guys ever watch that no, no. No. oh my goodness homework all you motherfuckers are going to go home and watch the rocker fucking homework or or this podcast right. is over I'm telling you you it's a requirement all right. Well, I mean, homework's not really rock and roll, bud. So, yep. Fuck you. Fuck that's, <laughs> that's true. Now I feel like an asshole. All right, uh, it's all right. <laughs> but uh, so I, I've kind of followed you guys somewhat from afar. I really didn't never got any details yeah. about what was well, going on. So it's been cool to to listen to you talk about, you know, where you guys went with it and kind of the traction you were able to build because. Speaking from experience, it's not hard, it, It's not easy to build any kind of momentum being from fucking Washington Gore out. It sucks, and I love I love it when I talk to people from around here, and they're like, "Are you playing any shows?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, we got a show up, you know, down in um, Newport, Kentucky, and Cincinnati, or Columbus, or wherever." And they're like, "Why don't you play in town?" And I'm like, <laughs> "We get the same yeah. thing." And then I'm like, "Okay, I'm like, okay, so like, I'm like, I could make it happen because I've got some decent connections with some of the other." bars and people around town and i'm like we're gonna start and that place is gonna clear out in four yep. minutes yep see the crazy like, thing about it is back when jay's was up and running and mm-hmm. matt matt the owner did not want to let us play yep i came to him several times and asked him to let us play yep and it wasn't until uh there was a few of our fans that he knew really well, mm-hmm. and they were like, why the fuck aren't you letting Screaming Evidence play here? And he was like, uh, you know, I guess he kind of hem-hauled around it. And they were like, you need to fucking get him here because you're going to make more money than you know what to fucking do with. And we played, we set up, he hit me up, we set up a show there, and we packed that fucking place. It I know, was, I, was, I, went, I was there at that show. Yeah, yeah. It was and nice. what sucked about it is it sounds like shit in that place. Oh, it was horrible. It was, it was, it was so horrible. bad. Well, not but only we, does it sound like shit in there, but the sound guy sucked too. So, well, he, he was only able oh, to do man, so much with it being... Guys for an yeah, hour. he was, he was <laughs> oh, I've had, I've had some humdingers. Everything going yep. on. So, 
with after that he he literally after we played brought me over to the bar opened up his his book for the dates and was like pick what you want dude yeah and it's crazy because you guys are so similar to us and and you know sound but no one wants to fucking give us a chance no. until their hand is somewhat forced mm-hmm. yep. and then they're like oh so, fuck there is there is money. money to be had here yeah, so I we made money um we played at poor boys twice mm-hmm. when poor boys was around um that place one, fucking slapped oh i, was, I missed it yeah, so it was much such God, a cool, that place such a cool ass environment cool spot, bro. If, if that place yeah. still existed i wouldn't i wouldn't walk into another bar in town ever yep. again no yep. <laughs> yeah. their own brewery but in there man that it was shit great was good. i don't um, mean to get off the oh, tracks there but don't mean to derail this conversation <laughs> <laughs> dude i've went how many times i've heard a joke like that <laughs> uh, it's a very punny name it's good right yeah um Good we, but guys. we played Poor Boys twice, and the first time we did it, um, we were kind of gun shy about doing it inside because we're loud, like, right? You know, and that place was pretty small, and it was summertime. And I asked Cliff, and I'm like, "Can we just do it outside?" Because they had the like um, the little patio, patio. seating mm-hmm. area. And mm-hmm. I'm like, "It'd be perfect. We're outside. We're not bothering people inside who are having family dinner and whatnot. People can bring their beer and their food outside to the patio, and we'll just set up." Out like right on the to the at the end of it, and we'll just play outside of the patio. And he was like, "All right, dude, it was great." Because what was really nice about Poor Boys is it was all ages too. Yeah, right. Because like a lot of Nick and Caleb's friends are still underage. They were, I think, they were twenty, both twenty one at the time, and uh, so they could still come to the show and order food. So like Cliff was making money on them coming and eating full meals, and like my friends showed up and. All my friends like to drink, so and like we drink, so it worked out really well. And then we play. We did play inside one time when they did the grand opening of the brewery. Okay, um, and that place was like shoulder to shoulder packed. And he had booked uh, another band, and I can't remember what they were called. Um, they were really really good, and we played inside that night, and it went really really well too. So we we had we had a spot like that was going to be right. you know, a good place for us to play because we kind of as much as we loved doing the warehouse stuff like it it's a youth center right you're limited on mm-hmm. some of the stuff you can do and say and whatnot especially with lyrics and whatnot and then poor boys closed down and i was like oh well there goes that so kicking the dick yeah pretty much and yeah. there's just uh yeah you can't exactly tell a bunch of 10 year olds to open the fucking pit <laughs> well they did open the freaking I, pit <laughs> our cd release show um kid broke his nose hell yeah because they were they were moshing and and going nuts like we had it was kind of funny like the bulk of our fan base around town was kids from the warehouse but they they loved it and like i don't think they knew that they liked heavy metal or any of the bands that we booked there i just think when you're you're younger and like dudes in bands showed up and like they're all wearing all black and carrying in their instruments like they don't know they're just some lame brain that works at McDonald's in Dayton. Like, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. They just want to have a good time. And I remember booking, like, these super serious metal bands, and they'd come and they'd be like, this is the best place we've ever played. We love this. It was really, really cool. That's awesome. I remember you know? being there watching shows when yeah. I was younger. Yeah. It was a really, really cool thing. It was thing. a cool scene, It was, a, it was some of the first yeah. shows I got, to, I got to experience. And then – uh. That died, obviously. Mm, so that's right. gone. <laughs> that's gone. Yeah, that so. was. I mean, that was the only real metal scene we had around here, and it was cool to be able to grow up with that. But now yeah. this this new generation, you know, like my my younger brother is seventeen, and his 
all his friends, like they don't, none of them, none of them listen to rock or metal. Yeah. All wow. they listen to is country or rap. None of them listen to yeah, it's, rock, it's, metal, nothing. Yep, it's rough around and here. And it's like, man, when we were in high, this is the same fucking school. When we were in school, most of the school was a bunch of fucking metalheads. And the, the crab was core was, was, I mean, oh, yeah. there were so many Black Veil Bride fans. Like <laughs> yeah. it was all super yeah. emo, super metal. That crab core scene was huge. And now it is nothing like that. And I think the warehouse going away has a decent amount to do with that because that was the, the spot that was the to go and yeah. and check out these these local bands that were introducing, like you said, kids that probably don't even know that they're metalheads and, and giving them that aha moment, that hallelujah yeah. moment of, holy shit, I'm a fucking metalhead. That was, um, that's the warehouse was the reason I learned how to run sound because, mm -hmm. um, I went there one night for a show. I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, um, the sound guy they had set up for the night just didn't show. And oh, uh, the director or one of the like the the volunteers there came to me and was like, "Do, do, you, do you know how to run the soundboard?" And I was like, "Sort of." And he's like, "Well, uh, you're better than nobody, so go figure it out." <laughs> we found a new sound okay. guy, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> you're hired. Yeah. I was like, All right. And then I, I just pretty much did it. From then on, and that like that's how I that's how I got. Into now, doing correct me sound. if I'm wrong, but have you ran sound for like the school plays and shit too? Um, I did. Um, one. Did you do see. Sleepy Hollow? No, in high school I helped Danny Lowe run lights. That's what spots. it was. It was lights. Um, yep. and then now that I work there, um, I did one year. I did one, and then some things changed and I didn't end up doing the other ones, but um, I've done the sound for the musicals at Westfall. Cause one of my friends is the choir director there. Okay. And she'll bring me in and hire me in to do it there. And like, that's easy running sound, like just lavalier yeah. packs, unmute, mute, like that stuff's easy. Um, as far as like running sound for bands, I've only ever really done it at, uh, at the warehouse. And then some of the shows and stuff we did with Avanti, I've, I've run sound for them here okay. and there, but, um, other than that, I just record stuff at home and, and you know do that kind of stuff, yeah, which has been really right. fun. Oh yeah, which has been really really helped out derailed because it's like, well, if we want to record and put something out, we'll just do it ourselves, right? Because again, we have that like we know what we want it to sound like, and mm -hmm. we can achieve that exact sound we want at my house. So why pay someone else to do it mm -hmm. when we're getting the results that we need and yeah. want? So, so Ryan, we've addressed this topic with you know, Tyler and Preston on screaming evidence. And, and I want to address it with you and your groups. So when you think about both bands that you're in kind of lay out what you feel is next for, for those groups. Like that what was going to be my question. Yeah. Oh, sorry. As far as like, <laughs> yeah, as far as like, I, I experienced, this is how I found you. This is what I've, I've seen from afar. I'm curious as to what's next because I, I've, I've obviously wanted to set Good up question. a show with derailed, yeah. For a minute. Um, so, like, uh, derailed, dude, one of the things I'm thankful for, because I've seen a lot of local bands come and go and mm -hmm. yep. get in fights and the guitar player bang the drummer's girlfriend. <laughs> and like, just, we have been a pretty much, like... You never hear about the bass player fucking anyone's girlfriend. <laughs> no, one, no one wants to fuck a no, bass player. Nobody like, wants to I live that life, man. It's, it's a hard life. Uh, we've been so drama-free and easygoing. Um and one of the things I've always not really bragged about, but the one thing we've always been really good at is we'll like not practice for a good long while mm -hmm. and then a show or something will come up and we'll practice like one time for like 
30 minutes mm-hmm. and like we're still locked in like we still got it we've played together a long time like we know mm-hmm. what we're gonna do and when we're gonna do it and how we're gonna do it um so right now like for derailed just i really really want to record some of the stuff we've been working on here recently and get it pushed out and have a release show um so very I, similar to us yeah the like spot we're in and right i want to do i want to do a release show like in courthouse okay. here in town um one of the things that sucks about that is avanti's not around anymore and yeah yeah they were on our release show that we did back in 2017 and we've been on all their release shows since then just kind of like so we're, we're, we're friends we're homies that's what we yeah. did and they're not around so that kind of sucks um but I, we want to do it here in town and figure that out somewhere um, as far as Akashic Haze goes, they, uh, I told you this earlier when I got here, um, I had a plan with those two other guys, Zach and Trevor, that we were, we always wanted to play music together. You know, we've known each other for years. We're all sludgy doom metalhead guys. Um, so we, we had this plan, like we were going to jam, you know, around January of last year. Well, that, um, September, I broke my collarbone. And I wasn't allowed. I wasn't allowed to play drums for like four months. So I sent them all a message. I'm like, "Hey, if you guys still want to do this, it's going to be four months on my end." I know Trevor's already got music written that he wants to get out and recorded and whatnot. So if you you want to find a different drummer, I won't be mad about it. Like we haven't even gotten in the same room, so like I can't be mad about a band that like I was never a part of. <laughs> right. And then they uh, last summer, as time went on, they kind of wanted to part ways with that drummer. So Zach called me one night and said, "Hey." do you want to play drums for Akashic Haze? And I was like, well, yeah, it was kind of my plan initially, but you, know, <laughs> you break, you break a collarbone as a drummer. Like you're, you're, you're down, out. you're down for the count. Yeah. That really, really sucked. Um, but as far as, as that band, man, like I just, um, we've been wanting to re-record the, the songs that we have down and written and ready to go that they did record with the original drummer that, for lack of a better term, he didn't really do a good job with. <laughs> it doesn't sound good, and I hate I hate people. Call a spade a spade, man. Yeah, well, like, people will ask me about that band. I'm like, well, yeah, it's on Spotify, but, like, don't judge us by those recordings because they're not, they're not very good. You yeah. get the idea. Yeah. Some of it is actually pretty good, but, um, again, want to go back over and do with the actual lineup that it is now. Right. Um, and get that. Sure. Take your Strength pick. I'm, time. I'm not picky. Strength time. So that's kind of the what's next for the for those two at least. Sure. Um, and I don't know if we'll ever go back. I at least derailed. I don't know if we'll ever go back to playing shows as hard and heavy as we used to. I think we were kind of for a while. We we'd play anything that got offered to us. Mm-hmm. Sure. Didn't matter if it was on a Tuesday. Two hours away in West Virginia, we were going to play. Going to go play. Yep. Yep. And I think now we're we're a little bit more on the quality over quantity. That's very similar to where we're at at this point. But I I always tell bands that start out. um, There was a a band that started. We we kind of birthed from our musical vagina. They're called Courthouse Prejudice, (laughs) and they literally started a band because they saw our. our, They used to be called Courthouse Prejudice. They're not around anymore. It was it was a dumb name. I never told them that. Cause, <laughs> but uh, they were all young, dumb. God, like, that's were, giving us a bad name. <laughs> they were they were uh, 
I don't know, like 14, 15 years old. And the only reason they started playing music together was because they were at our CD release show. Mm -hmm. And the kid that I, thank you, the kid that I mentioned broke his nose was their bass player. Okay. So, like, we kind of birthed them from us. And I remember telling them. From our musical. From musical <laughs> vagina. Yes. Uh, I told them, I was like. That's you, metal as fuck. <laughs> I was like, when you start and, you know, you got, got your, your set down, you can play 30 minutes, get all the way through it. I was like, take every fucking show that gets offered to you. Every single one. I said, one, it'll get your name around town. You'll rub elbows with other people, and you'll get that experience of showing up, setting your gear up, and getting neat and organized. Because I've seen so many. That's you can a big tell piece of it. Well, you can it's you huge. can tell some local bands will show yep. up, and they're like a deer in headlights, and yep. they don't they don't they're not organized. They don't know what the hell's going on. It takes them forever to get on and off stage. Um, one of the best compliments I ever got. We played. Um, Last summer at uh, Legends, oh yeah, down mm -hmm. in uh, Cheviot. Yep. And the sound guy came up to me afterwards, and we played second to last. It was like the perfect time. It was actually a really, really good show. And he came up to me after the show and said, "You guys were the quickest band I've ever had. Get on stage, get set up, get sound checked, That's and awesome. go." He's like, "I've never that seen another band do, do it like that." And I was like, "You know what, man." As much as I'd love you to compliment our music, <laughs> I will take that because that, that balls into the, like, the professionalism stuff. Because yes, if your band shows up and you're all drunk and you're disorganized and you take – Or you have an electronic drum set. Yes. And, you <laughs> set up and you're all 75 well, years can old. You, can you, Episode two. Can you plug in – can we get a direct box for our backtracks? Like, <laughs> fuck, man. If you're, getting, if you're lugging a laptop on stage, you're not fucking playing rock and roll, bud. Yep. I'm sorry. Get out <laughs> of here with that. But that it balls into like if – you show up, you play, you get on and off. Venues mm -hmm. remember that. Promoters remember that. Other mm -hmm. band, the band that plays before sometimes you. Sometimes you get more you. time. The crowd yeah, remembers that. Sometimes time. it gives you just yeah. enough time to play one more song. Yep. And we're uh, derailed. We're uh, we're the masters of like just drawing shit out, just because we're all about the drama of it. Oh so, yeah. So like, um, one of our songs we play it normally. Um, it's probably five, six minutes. But if we if we want to play that last, we'll add like a tag on the end of it, and we'll just keep driving the same riff. And Caleb will do some solos, and we'll just just burn the house down. So like we we like to do that kind of shit. So when the sound guy's like, you got you still got another ten minutes or five minutes extra or whatever, I'm like mm -hmm. cool, not a problem. We'll we'll drag it out. Improv. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and that's again, we've been playing together for a long time, and we can just kind of get in a room and start riffing on shit and just go. I think and, we can relate in so many different ways, man, because it's the same. We won't practice for a month because I'm, of life getting in the way. I'm telling you, we won't man. We'll get together like, and it's. Pick right back I've up been wanting to set something up, up with, yep. with them for a while. We can do and it, man. This is a good time to do it because we're. This is a great pretty, time to do it. We're pretty dormant. Summertime's coming up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the big but, one. And that's what we, we tend to do in the wintertime. We, we hibernate as a band. Like, we'll get in here, of course, and we'll play. Especially because we got an HVAC unit set up oh, in yeah. here now. Yeah, you're welcome. But, you know, we'll get together, but we don't, it's like we don't actively look for shows during the wintertime very yeah. rarely. Man, uh, you're talking about having an HVAC um, for probably a good month or two. The warehouse where we used to practice mm -hmm. didn't have AC. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. I'm sure that Dude, place baked. One, one day, um, well, it's, yeah, it's a big metal. It's a black yeah. metal barn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I got it's in there. It's a fucking I got, tobacco barn. I got, <laughs> I got in there Speaking one day, and like I didn't even set my drums up. And then Caleb and Nick showed up, and I was like, boys, 
we can't play in here today. There's like, <laughs> it was just too damn hot. And they're like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, let's go back to my house and drink, bud. Like, because <laughs> we're, we're, uh, that's my little spot. You yeah, said it before dude, I could. Like, that's, that's kind of always been our thing. Like, we're, we're not, like, yeah, if you're going to pay us to come play a show, fucking awesome. Yeah. But like, if we get to show up and have some cheap beer and play music, yeah. we're down. Do what yeah. you love to do. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times, there was one time in particular, um, I got off work. We had practice scheduled. Well, Nick had something come up. He's like, hey, I can't practice. I was taking a nap, so I was dead to the world. Caleb shows up. I'm still passed out on my couch. He kind of wakes me up, and I look at him. And he's standing there with his, his guitar case in his hand, and he sits down, takes a deep breath, and he says, I don't want to fucking do this today. <laughs> he had driven all the way from Wilmington, and I was like, well, I don't either. He's like, cool. You want to go to Mugs and get a pizza? It's like, yep, <laughs> fuck yeah, yeah, let's fuck go, yeah. yep. And I, yeah. I think some, of, I think having that in your band is just as important as having a consistent practice all mm -hmm. the time. Yeah, man. Because um, you want to fucking know. like each other, right? I yeah. Mean, well, I was telling him earlier, we like we spend time together and hang out, but not a lot. Sure. We kind of keep our our distance, not on purpose, not because we don't like each other, but I have seen bands spend way too much time with each other, mm -hmm. and that's their whole friend circle mm -hmm. and one thing goes wrong because you're spending too much time or somebody looked at somebody's girlfriend the wrong way and then mm -hmm. it's all it's all gone to shit all that all that time and money and effort that you've spent all the gas you spent is just mm -hmm. throwing it away so we like to kind of keep our distance and uh radiohead is like that radiohead hasn't had a single lineup change in the 20 years that they've been a band because they don't hang out like when they're not practicing or touring they're not around each other it's not that they don't like each other just when it's not Radiohead time, it's see you later. Everything I'm going to go be yeah. with my family or do whatever. And I think that's, I think that's healthy. I would disagree to an extent. Is this the rye? This is the rye. I knew it. it was so good. <laughs> it is so good. I would somewhat disagree. And here's why. With, with Sean and Scotty, there was a time when that is all I hung out with. The, the guys in the band yeah. were who I hung out with all the time. And now that we've gotten older and we have kind of separated to some extent, uh, it's it's to the point nowadays where about the only times I get to see Scotty or Sean is when it's for practice. Yeah. And, like, I miss my boys. You know, I, you know what I mean? You and are You are right. Because um, Preston here, I work with Preston. You yeah. see him every day. I'm gonna I'm gonna see him all the time. I I talk to him all the time. <laughs> Plus, he lives a flu uh, a, a flu a few blocks away, and, and he he's always he's always he's coming always over late. here to jam. And I got shit. a five month old. At yeah, home yeah, yeah, I don't blame you on that. Yeah. So other than recently him having a baby or football season, he's yeah, always I over do. here. Uh, yeah. So I hang out with Preston all the time. I'm with this guy in football season. <laughs> I miss hanging out with Sean and Scotty. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, w I guess derailed. We've kind of evolved into that now, which I'm cool with. Um, but when they were still in high school, of course, they had nothing else going. So right. the, the band was their number one thing. And, like, I'm at that point had dropped out of college and was working at the fucking outlet mall. So, like, mm -hmm. I had nothing special going on in my life. I had a girlfriend, but... 
Well, that obviously didn't pan out, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have a wife that didn't I, pan out, so. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I have shit. a girlfriend now, but, you know, different different broad. Um, <laughs> different broad. <laughs> and, uh, but I remember, like, there was a sweet There goes our 3% female audience. <laughs> 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 That's uh, I like it. But uh, we did we did spend a lot of time early on, especially me and Caleb. We kind of... Um, really developed like a really, really close relationship. And, um, like I said, they were, um, he was, he was young and, you know, there, <laughs> there were some 30 racks of PBR and other things that were split amongst us, but his, his mom was cool with it. So, you Dude, know, Scotty, <laughs> guess how, how old Scotty is in comparison to me. I know he's younger. <laughs> no. Is he older? The drummer? Scotty or yeah. drummer? Oh, I'm sorry. I got my shit backwards. Yeah, so Sean is two years older than me. Okay. So your drummer's older than you are? Our drummer is 12 years older than I am. Damn. Well, yeah. I mean, that's... He just turned 42. He was 28. He was as old as I am right now when I was 16, first starting to play with them. Yeah. And... Yeah, the the beer was on tap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how much of that I want to admit, but like, yeah, oh yeah. So I, I, think I was the statute of limitations is over. Scotty corrupted Probably, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. No, Scotty didn't corrupt me. I corrupted Scotty into illegally providing me. Here <laughs> you go. But, I remember. Um, so again, this is this. You know, some of the stuff maybe not best to talk about, but whatever. Um, we were playing a show one time at, I think the Thompson House down in Newport. Cool, cool spot. Cool spot. It was upstairs, and Caleb looks at me. He's like, "I mean, I really want a beer." And I was like, "Dude, this place is crusty. You're in a band. You look as old as I do. You got the beer." And I was like, "Just go up and order one. Like, you know what you want. Just go up and order it." So he just okay. So he just walked up. And was like, oh, "Just give me a PBR or whatever." Bartender. Here you go. And like you could just like he turned around, you could just see the smile on his face. He's like, Oh my god, that worked. <laughs> yes. All right. We've all fucking yeah. been there. Uh, yeah. yeah. But like that was that was the thing, like early on with the party and stuff, um, it was always kinda like, We'll do this, but like keep, You're the responsible adult. Keep so. it on the down low, there's a limit. Like, you know, at some point I was kinda responsible for, you know. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. And I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I was Mr. Band Dad, but like, right. you know. They were going to do it either way. Yeah. And like, it's I cared about that they'd done it in your supervision. Yeah. Well, and a lot in of the it, setting that they did. Well, a lot of it was his mom didn't care. Right. She yeah. would drink with us. So I'm like, well, really? Like, I'm not even like, yeah, this is fine. This is perfectly legal. You know? <laughs> so whatever. Those, those were, those were fun times. And of course now, like, it doesn't matter, but yeah. Um, right. I remember it was it was kind of like well Ryan Tarbutton's the old guy playing with high school kids but I don't know they were always they were fun to be around and play good music so I I, I stuck with it you know right plus sounds like you got a lot of cool shit coming up with the bands and hopefully uh, something we can you guys can take some of this offline get and, and get uh, get something worked out so um, hopefully that can happen oh I'm excited for it yeah so. be great well long time coming. Ryan, I know you've listened to the show, so you're aware of the segment we call Heavy Metal Hot Takes. Yeah, this, might, this could go on for a bit, man, I'll you, tell you. <laughs> you, uh, you said, now again, we, we don't ever tell each other our hot takes, it's always it's always organic, and we hear yep. it for the first time yep. on the show, and 
We always let the guests go first. You're the second guest, so I guess it's the second time we're doing this. But Ryan, what is your heavy metal hot take? I'm that was a terrible drum roll. Uh, you're the drummer, <laughs> not me. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys mentioned this band. I think on episode two, and I think you off. and I have talked about them, and I think I've told you this before, but probably don't remember because we might have been a little intoxicated when we talked about it. Probably. I fucking hate Coheed and Cambria. Ooh. I we can't. actually have not talked about really? okay. that. Bro, you like look like their front man. I, <laughs> dude, the amount of times I have heard that, and I'm just like. <sighs> why do That's you, why you hate them. I mean, I don't. I it's don't. not, though. <laughs> I, I hated that band before I looked like that guy, <laughs> all right? I okay. just, like, the music's kind of cool, but fuck, I hate that guy's voice. <laughs> okay. You hate sleeping with yeah. Sonny's then, too. Yeah, yeah you probably hate, hate sleeping with You hate yeah. sleeping, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm with, I'm with you on both of those bands. However, there have, there have been a few times that they popped up on Shuffle where whatever it was, whatever song it was, hit me in a certain way and I was like okay for whatever reason I can get over the vocals for this particular song I'm digging this dude if I hear corn cornbread and cornucopia come on my shuffle I got to go take a shower cuz I just it makes me feel dirty god <laughs> that's gross I can't do it like, Bro, get that shit off my I mean, fucking full speaker dis- full disclosure I I only know the one song their most famous one I never got into them other than the Oh it's the, badass the for the first song. 15 seconds yeah. and then that Curly-headed fuck opens his mouth and <laughs> ruins it. If you could, if I could get their music, like their music instrumental, instrumental, and him, yeah. I'd probably dig it. But God, I can't. Yeah, man, can't get behind it. That, Never have. I always struggled with with the bands where the vocalist sounded like a chick. Yeah, and but wasn't a chick. But wasn't a chick. Dude, I fucking hate hair metal. Me too. Derek fucking, hates hair metal. I am. I like, am not a fan. Yep. These never, guys talk about it a little bit. Never. We but, were just sitting in here the other night playing docking riffs. <laughs> Suck my dick and hate hair metal. That's that's what I started on just because of my dad. But one once I discovered some some music of of my own, I guess I could say, um, I realized that I really didn't like the the music. No, like I don't really I don't dig Motley Crue at all. No. I never I'm got into Bon Jovi, even Van Halen. Mm-hmm. That's not really hair like, metal, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Because but it kind of was. I was never crazy voice. about Van Halen either. Yeah. I like him as a guitar player right. by himself. Right. You want to talk yep. about somebody's back hurting from carrying the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. The, Who the, the fuck would they be? The rest if, of Van Halen. Yeah. Even like, I don't know if you really call Kiss hair metal, but I was never a big Kiss fan. Uh, shock rock. Yeah. yeah. Like except their, uh, yeah. except their, their song War Machine. Oh, off of the uh, Revenge album? That is a bad Or not Revenge album. That's off the Creatures of the Night and, album. And, like, I think I just like that song on that riff because it sounds like Sabbath. Damn, yeah. Because yeah. it, it kind of just is a Sabbath song a bit. Um, um, You bring up Kiss. It's so funny. Ace Frehley's the sole reason I picked up a guitar. Well, Caleb, same way. He loves Kiss. Ace Frehley was the reason I picked up a guitar. And I was obsessed with Kiss from the time I was probably six years old. Yeah. I mean, I just... I loved Kiss. My dad had, I mean, I remember listening to the Destroyer album on vinyl. My dad had a record player and had the 74, 74, 75 was the year that album came out. Had it on vinyl. And I would just put that shit on repeat. Uh, The first, you bring up vinyl, the first um, album I ever listened to on vinyl was the live Elton John record with that, you know, the live version of Benny and the Jets you hear on the radio Mm -hmm, all the time. mm -hmm. That was the first song I ever heard on vinyl. And Travis Soller's grandma's basement. 
because his his grandma and grandpa had this really really cool basement. It had a bunch of like pig ceramic pig decorations <laughs> in it, but it was a really really cool finished basement from like probably the seventies or sixties. It was just <laughs> really really cool. So we, we, he took me down there. He's like, my grandma has these cool discs, and you put them on this thing and put this thing on it, and it, <laughs> he's like, it plays music. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about, bud? <laughs> so he took me down there and played Benny and the Jets on this this piece of plastic, and we're like. This is the coolest thing we've ever seen. <laughs> and I remember from that point on, I remember I got home and I was like, Dad, Mom, like, Travis showed me this thing and he put this plastic thing on it and it plays music. They're like, oh, those are called vinyl records. They're like, nobody wants those anymore. It's all about CDs. And I'm like, well, I kind of want one. And then when I remember when I got, like, in high school and started buying records, like, vinyl records and shit, they thought I was nuts. They're like, why? That was a big fad. It's yeah, huge. It's a big fad. It's huge. I've kind of gotten a little away from it there for a while. Like that was probably my number one way to listen. It was your to music. whole ass personality. Not really, but <laughs> I, I know some people. Didn't I know some people that like far. that. Yeah, um, I'm an audiophile, man. Yeah, I've been I've been down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but I got a banging stereo system, so like I don't care. <laughs> All right, I've I, I've dropped some money in on that thing, but you know. Yeah. So so on your hot take, I I can't say that I disagree with you because I just never got into them. I heard the one song. And yeah. it's a jam, but dude's voice sucks. And I, just can't I, do it. I don't know that I necessarily hate him, but I just don't care for him. I guess. Um, I kind of hate Primus too. I hate Primus. Primus I hate Primus. Primus. Bro, they're, like, their best song they is have the South cult, Park theme song. They have a cult following, <laughs> yeah. man. Primus has it's that weird. cult following. It, they're, they're, they're just not. They're, they're not fans that are, was never my cup of tea. That their fans of. are fucking weird, too. Oh, yeah. Also, I hear, okay. I'm going to have their fans showing up to my garage now trying to burn it down <laughs> for what we just said. That's fine. Fuck That's em. fine. That means they're listening to the fine for you, <laughs> but like all my stuff's out here. This uh, there's there's another one. I I just had this conversation a while ago with um Caleb actually. The whole um slip not wearing the masks thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of fucking cheesy. Ooh. I never was never Ooh, he just I, and I, double hot take. I love Slipknot, man. I love their music. Scotty's car just pulled up. I, I, I don't I don't think that that was cheesy. I think shit like what is it? Guar? Oh God! Oh, the bad. whole ass costume, that, that kind of spam margarita, really bad. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, but so I thought what Slipknot did was—I mean, it was a gimmick. That's all it was. But it was—I thought it was kind of cool because I, you didn't yeah. see their faces. I don't give a shit. And so most of <laughs> most of take the like, mask off, bud. Rock, you know, music in general. When when bands get big and famous. You see the all faces everywhere and all that stuff, but and then you those, those people can't go anywhere without having paparazzi and shit like on their nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, and talk- I think it was I, I think, think it was interesting having you having a, the masks. You want to be a rock star? You're gonna have. that. Did you think Kiss yeah. was cheesy before they took the makeup off? I didn't know they ever took it off. To be honest, yeah, I just. Well, their their music never interested me. Either. That's fair. Yeah, and like they were they were also kind of from that era where like that was kind of what those bands did, anyways. So it was kind of on brand. Yeah. But Slipknot was a little bit more obviously a master, you know. Yeah. I remember watching the music video for Duality when I was a little kid. Like this is fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like I was scared watching it. Um, I don't know. It just the longer Dude, I've was, listened to them, the more I've, I've had that. They take. were they were considered so so heavy in this screamo at the time but like even then or maybe shortly after there were so many bands that i listened to that 
I would consider heavier and, yeah. and you know, um, I mean, I love Slipknot. I think we all do, but they're one of the best bands I've ever seen. Yeah. They were, I seen them. Yeah, I think it was my senior fun. year of high school at Rockwell. You gave me my hot take. So thanks for that. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Slipknot is not new metal. No, I don't know. Uh, they're not new because if you, you cannot put Slipknot in the same genre as fucking system of a down. Or, May, no. or Mudvayne. Mudvayne. Yeah. Or when I think of new metal. Corn. I think more corn. Yes. Um, Limp Bizkit. Disturbed. I don't, think, disturbed. I don't think Disturbed at all. Sorta. I I think Cold Chamber. I, know, crazy about disturbed I think Soulfly. Okay. I think 40 yep. Below Summer. Yeah. Not Slipknot. Um, I would... I don't know that I put Seven Dust in there, but they're I pretty would. close. I, I always just kind of umbrellaed. Slipknot is just a metal band. Yeah, yeah they're just a they're heavy, heavy metal. metal band. They're heavy metal. Yep. Like, yep. that's simple as that. That's a good way to put it. That's. I mean, they had way too much unclean vocals to put them in a... And they had some thrashy shit. I'm like, that mm-hmm. is not what people call new metal. Yeah. So And, and they get classified as that by the... the, the masses and i'm like i just i'd say it's just because of time period no i'd say it's more because of their sound yeah their sound was very similar like guitars (laughs) and bass you know being real bass heavy and stuff was very similar to the sound of these Mm. new metal bands and i don't know if you go back and listen to corn's first album slipknot's not that far away from that yeah yeah, especially yeah, Slipknot's first yeah, my, album. I, I'm not even gonna go there because that'll just spark. You hate corn, and I fucking, I fucking corn. love corn. I never really got I into. It. I really didn't get into uh, corn. when the fucking bass is louder than the guitar. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck you, bro. I'm just saying, I'm out. Uh, there, I'll the. I will say that when they do the the final little breakdown, of Freak on a Leash. Mm-hmm. Man, that makes me want to punch. I something. seen that live. Give me I a fucking baby. I'm punching. First it. time I seen oh. that, I was in fifth grade. And my, I, I lived with my dad, and he would drop me off at his cousin's house to get ready to go to school and shit. And he was a roofer, so I'd, I, we'd be up butt-ass crack of dawn. He'd drop me off. It'd be like 5.30 in the morning. I had a key. I'd just go in, sit on the couch, and I would turn on the TV, and it would always be MTV on. And yeah. I would try to fall asleep to that. And it was like maybe 15 minutes of these weird commercials. You know, the old, like, infomercials and stuff. And then one morning, this freak on a leash came on, and I was like, oh, shit. The fuck is this? What the hell is this? And here I am, a fifth grade kid, listening to this, and I'm like, oh, I I didn't go back to sleep that morning. (laughs) Like, I just didn't. Yeah, the the only corn song that I really like is probably what I consider their heaviest one. It's Coming Undone. I remember I remember being into Blind. blind. Oh, no, like in not. middle school, not, I thought not Blind to me, was it's not. a badass song. Blind I did like that one. I but it's it's all subjective. And you know, Corn yeah. is massively successful and loved. And I've seen them live. They put on a great live show. The best song they played the night was when they covered one by Metallica. Um yeah. <laughs> but I just they're they're just not my cup of tea. I'm not taking anything away from their talent, but new metal's just not my genre, and that's why, like, I love Slipknot, and I don't consider them a new metal band. Like, like I think we—they're just, just they're metal. Just, they're they're, they're heavy, heavy metal, metal band. Yeah. Like, 
that's as, yeah, as yeah. simple as it could Corn's be. Corn's probably know top three live band I've ever seen. Yeah, they're Corn. great. When I seen them, when I seen them, I seen and I know it was my senior year. Maybe I didn't know enough at Are the time. Are we still in high school? When we saw but it, my senior year, I seen them. No, not when you did. My senior year, I seen them at Rock on the Range, and oh, that's right. they kicked yeah. Allison Chain's yeah. ass. They kicked Papa Roach's ass. They kicked Bullet for my Valentine's ass. They what kicked, year did you guys graduate? Thirteen. So you're, yeah, you're a year behind me. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So we, uh, you graduated in twelve. Though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're the same age. Preston and I saw Corn at uh, Riverbend. Yeah, within this. Moment, Dude, I fucking hate going it. to Riverbend. I hate that venue. Oh, I'm not crazy about. If it. If you're not underneath the canopy, yep, it sounds screwed. like shit. You're screwed, it's yeah. just not fun. I saw Lincoln Park and Incubus there. Ooh. That'd be a hell of a and show. Dude, okay, so speaking of Lincoln Park, I did actually want to talk about this. Um. I was never a Lincoln Park fan, but my one of my best friends growing up was Travis Sollers, and he mm-hmm. loved Lincoln yeah, Park. Yeah, I remember that. He that was, was his yep. his bread and butter for yep. years. And we graduated, and that summer he texted me. He said, "Hey, I've got tickets to see Lincoln Park. I want you to come. I want you to see them so you can understand." Because mm-hmm. you know, it's like I want you're, you're my best friend. Come see my favorite band. Like, yeah, fine, I'll go. Um, and Incubus opened, they were awful, which wow. is weird. Really? So wow. I've heard, now that I've talked to a couple of people, Incubus apparently is either like on it and they're awesome live or they're terrible. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, it was, it was grotesque. Oh. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> we, we, were like, like, we were looking at each other like, I thought these guys were supposed to be good. <laughs> so I saw Linkin Park back then. Like it was a good show. It was enjoyable. Chester was always my favorite part of it. Um, and then fast forward to, I think, 2015, um, it was my birthday weekend, and I went down to Cincinnati to spend the weekend with my girlfriend at the time. Um, she was in nursing school, so I got to her apartment before she did. So I was just hanging out, drinking, you know, dicking around with her cat because her cat was a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out, Lenny the cat. Fuck you. Fuck you. Um, and... Uh, she showed up and I'm like, I'm already half lit. Like I had a bottle of bullet rye and some, some Coca-Cola. I was, I was having a great time. She's <laughs> like, she's like, what do you, what do you want to do tonight? And I'm like, I'm just hang out and drink and listen, and listen to music and dick around with the cat. Um, she's like, well, it's your birthday. Like we need to go do something. I'm like, well, if you find something like I'm down to go. So she was on her phone looking at like Ticketmaster and different things. Well, Stone Temple Pilots was playing Bogarts. She's like, Bogarts is playing, or uh, Stone Temple Pilots is playing Bogarts. You want to go? I'm like, I fucking love Stone Temple Pilots. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wait a minute. I was like, who's singing for him? Because Scott Weiland wasn't singing or with Stone Temple Pilots at the time. She's like, I don't know. So I looked it up and it was fucking Chester. No shit. Yeah, because he did a whole tour with Stone Temple wow. Pilots. Fuck, I didn't know that. I was like, we got to go. When was this? 2015. Okay. Wow. I was like, we got to go now. We, we have to go. Yeah. Um, And I went to that and it was fucking awesome one of wow. the best rock shows i've, I've ever never been to. knew that dude you can find videos of it on youtube man he killed it because he could do that scott wyland raspy soulful mm-hmm. singing yeah and then um fast forward to i think what did he die in chester died in 20 was it 18 18 or 17 around about that yeah, time right while i was at work um and it i was waiting on something to load and i was scrolling facebook and i saw Someone posted Chester had died, and I was like, no fucking way. So I Googled it. Sure enough, it was true. So I called Travis. Oh, shit. And, like, like celebrity deaths have never, like, 
affected me a whole lot because I'm like, that sucks. But I'm not right. one to get like physically upset about it, you know. Yeah. And I called him and I was like, hey, man, um, I don't know if you've been on the Internet yet today, but Chester died. He's like, what? I was like Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park is is dead. He He, he killed himself. And like the phone was just quite dead silent, mm. and you could tell like this kid's feelings were like hurt. Him. Yeah, and I was like, "Still there? Like, is the phone okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still here." I'm like, "Just wanted to call and let you know." And he's like, "Damn that, that that sucks." I'm like, "Yeah, well, good to talk to you. See you later. Bye." <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> yeah. So that 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 week, um, my buddy, you remember Zach Madaris? Yeah. He was home on yeah. he, home on leave. He was stationed in Russia at the time. He was home okay. on leave. And he was staying with me. And Linkin Park was also like his favorite band. Okay. So I, I walk in. I'm just quiet. And I look at him. And he's like, this day kind of sucks. And I was like, mm. you know what? Let's go get let's go get drunk. So we went, <laughs> we went to Mugs and Jugs. This is before like I even really started going there on the regular. Um, and we loaded the jukebox up with Linkin Park for like. Oh, we probably spent a hundred dollars in touch tunes <laughs> yeah. and listened to Lincoln Park all night. And I did, I did it for him. And we, we sat and we drank and we ate food and, and wow. had a good old time. And that, yeah. that's we we that's how we we mourned Chester's yeah. death. But I always go back to being lucky enough. I actually saw Lincoln Park twice, and then I saw Chester with uh, Stone Temple Pilots, which was that was fucking I better than seeing cool that was better than seeing Lincoln Park in my book. Because wow. I like that kind of I like grunge a lot better than I ever liked. Anything Lincoln Park did, yeah. Um, well, that's cool as shit. I never knew that he. Oh man, with STP, it was great. So I'll have to check that out on yeah. YouTube. Because I don't, I, mean, I love STP, and I would love to hear Chester's spin on it. So yeah, it was really, really, really good. Because um, I thought he did, he did vocals for another band or another project at some point in time, and it was kind of like, um. Almost kind of velvet revolvery, but I can't fucking okay. remember what it was. It maybe it could have been somebody else too. But when you when you listen to him with Stone Temple Pilots, you're like damn, this makes so much so much sense now. Sure. You know, yeah, hell yeah. I Press. can't picture it, man. I can't picture it. But then I'm I'm eager to hear it though. Yeah, yeah. I want to look that up. What's your hot take, bro? So you got one? I hope this is a hot take. Um, I'm either. I don't know that it is, but I've also heard a lot of shit talk about these guys. Um, and ironically enough, we've you've mentioned them a couple times this episode. And my hot take is that the Foo Fighters are one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Okay, I wanted to talk about them. So I saw them. And yes, I had that hot take before you had mentioned yeah. Foo Fighters. Um, but- the last year Rock on the Range happened. Well, Sonic Temple happened, uh-huh. which was, what is that, 2018? Because then, no, it was 2019. Because then COVID, obviously COVID happened yeah, and yeah. ruined it for the couple, couple years. Foo Fighters headlined that Sunday. I'm like, I've always liked the Foo Fighters. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they just make good rock and roll music. Like, you're almost hard-pressed to find somebody that, like, oh, the, they suck. I hate the Foo Fighters. But then They're just a very the palatable, I, I think, really? Oh, exactly. I wasn't even going to talk about it, dude. You're one of him. the like probably three I people I've met. I, I can't stand him. I just, so I, I love Dave Grohl as a human being. Yeah, I think he's the coolest. I, I, he is the coolest dude yeah. ever. He, I mean, and, so what his hot take is? Yes, they are one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Can't stand them. So, so my opinion, my opinion yeah. is completely in the minority. I don't I ever know. like. I wasn't going to say yeah. a word because I'm in such a minority. I still so, like their music. That's I hey. 
See, but either way, that's where I didn't know if it was a hot take, but I was like, I've heard so many people talk shit about the Foo Fighters and say they suck. And I'm like, dude, there's a real deal. Yeah, so I think they're great. I know Tyler loves them, but I saw them them that year and like I knew I was going to enjoy it because it's fucking Foo Fighters. Like, why would I not? You know, and man, to me, if you're going to compare bands to baseball teams and their performances and whatnot, every other fucking band I've ever seen. Any other fucking band out there, they're fucking Little League and the Foo Fighters of the New York fucking Yankees. Wow. They put on, it's like a, it's a rock show. It's a comedy show. You're going to laugh, cry. Well, that's just funny you say that. Nailed because it. there was. It gives me, I got goosebumps talking about it. I walked out of there and I was like, that was. Years ago, I awesome. seen a random YouTube video as I was scrolling through. I think it was Facebook. You know how you'll get like just bands post their videos, like oh, yeah. live oh, performances yeah. every now and then, and it was a live performance. I do not know where, and it's um, is the song called "Best of You." Were they in a giant stadium? Giant that's, stadium. That's and, Wim, that's Wembley. And this performance brought me to tears as I watched this fucking video. So that, that I swear to God, that entire performance is on YouTube. It's at Wembley Stadium. Okay, they sold Wembley out. I think two nights in a row they sold that stadium out. And you can watch the, one of those nights, the entire performance on YouTube, and you can you can almost see it on like uh, Taylor Hawkins' face and Dave's face, and all of them. They're just like, oh shit! Yeah, they played "Best and of You," and I swear, oh, I'm so good. Brain fart, but is that the name of that song? Yeah, yeah, okay. But they and you they did like a interlude in the middle of that song, and Dave and Taylor are looking at each other. And they're looking around like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. Well, it was crazy. I think they start that show and Dave comes out and he's like, how the fuck did this band get this big? Yeah. Because um, if you watch the Foo Fighters documentary, which you absolutely should, it's called Back and Forth. He Dave talks about their their manager like, hey, you should play Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium's huge. Mm-hmm. And Dave was like nervous about because like you got to sell a certain amount of tickets and you got to fill it. And they sold the first night out and like hours and then their management was like well let's add a second night and dave talks like he was nervous about it like can we even do that and they completely sold the place out packed it two nights in a row Wow! which if i'm not mistaken wembley is where the original live aid concert happened Mm -hmm, it is it's huge massive yeah like yeah i guess my thing it's a cool ass moment my thing on Foo Fighters is everything that everybody has just said is completely accurate. They're a yeah. le- one of the most, if not the most, legendary rock and roll, just straight up rock and roll bands of all time. They write great rock and roll songs. Nothing about them is unique. Nothing stands out to me. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's not good. my cup of tea. Yeah, I, I will never ever take anything away from what they've done. And I, like I said, I love the the members. You know, Taylor Hawkins, Dave Grohl. I mean, those guys are just elite human beings. And they write great rock songs. I've it's always just, said when I hear uh, them, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm. It does nothing for me. Yeah. The and way, just, <clears throat> the way you feel about the Foo Fighters is essentially the way Metallica. I, yeah, is essentially yep. the way I feel about them. Yep. Man, Metallica. that cuts me so deep. <laughs> cuts me so deep. So I love yeah, Metallica. But it's so cool. But the thing about, but the thing that I'll, dis- I'll, I'll, I'll push back on you is Metallica was unique. They were revolutionary. They were influential. Foo Fighters is none of those things. They're not. They're not revolutionary. How are they revolutionary? They really kind of aren't. But I, I can't they're say so that they. They didn't invent a genre. I can't say they invented a genre, but their songwriting is so fantastic. Yep. 
that's fine and that's great. I agree a hundred percent. Dude, they have the best drummer in the world. They had the best drummer the in the best, world yeah, was, in a band with the best you know drummer what? in the world. It's fucking, yeah. That can't go bad. I'm sorry, but it can't go bad. His fucking kid's just as good as he was. Yeah. That kid can jam. Yep. I will say I watched oh. that whole memorial concert and just to just to see it. Because yeah. it sounds morbid, but like memor- I remember when Mitch Lucker from um, Suicide Silence, I think is what it is, when he oh. passed away. His memorial show, where you had Danny Warsnot from Asking Alexander, you had all these great bands where coming is together. Oh God! Come, yeah, <laughs> coming together and and doing you know songs together. Yeah. Like I said, it sounds morbid, but I love memorial concerts because you get to see so much talent come together and do different things, and that's why were I was you like, were you at Rock on the Range the year Chris Cornell died? No. And they did the candlelight no. vigil. No, I think I there was, was I think there were seventeen thousand people there. You have 17,000 people in Cruise Stadium that were dead fucking silent mm. during all that. And Corey Taylor came out and he did he did a song. Um, fuck, I don't even really quite remember who else all was there, but it was it was powerful. It was really, really cool. Yeah. And I remember that morning um, that uh, Soundgarden was supposed to play. Was Soundgarden? Yeah. Um, I was so excited because, like, yeah, I could see Chris Cornell, like, live in the flesh. Yeah. My coworker called me and – uh, actually woke me up that morning. He's like, well, he's like, how bummed are you? You don't get to see Soundgarden tonight. And I was like, what? Why not? Did they cancel? Like something happened? He's like, yeah, Chris Cornell's fucking dead, bro. I was like, are you serious? Mm. Oh, it sucked. That was that. That was. Yeah. 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 My dad showed me when I was a kid and I don't know how old I was, but he somehow when we played rock band, we would have like family and friend get togethers and play rock band dude, such a fun fucking oh game. dude that's <laughs> what that game yeah. is what made me start playing guitar um but we would also have like family and friend get togethers of live concerts on the tv because dad had a giant stereo yeah. system and he had the audio slave uh concert in cuba i believe it was and i remember watching that and i'm like what the this fuck is, awesome. is this this that's when i knew that chris cornell was Chris Cornell. Top like, dog. Holy shit. Speaking kind of in the same realm, um, last summer I went and saw Rage Against the Machine because uh-huh. they they did their like little reunion tour last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up to Cleveland um, for it. It was like on a whim. I got a good deal on a ticket. Dude, you talk about it. It was the best show I've probably seen in like an arena setting mm-hmm. like that. God, I mean, the Foo Fighters obviously are still – Probably gonna take the number one spot, mm-hmm. but even I wasn't real sure how well Rage's music would translate to that atmosphere because it always kind of seemed like a festival or like a smaller, small-ish venue band. Nah, man, they they killed it, and that was when uh, Zachy De La Roach had like hurt his ankle or whatever, so he played the entire show singing sitting down, which oh shit was kind of lame, but like he could didn't really have much of a choice. Um, they were fucking killer, and it, I, Tom Morello has always been one of my like. Oh yeah, idol guitar ass. players that I've always really, really loved, and it was really, really neat to just hear the shit that he does live. Um, and if so I'm not mistaken, it kind of like Columbus or something. Uh, he's from Morello's from Ohio. He might be. I don't. I, I don't know for Columbus. sure. What was cool to me is everybody puts him in the category of the guy that makes like the funny video game robot noises with guitar. Mm-hmm. Dude, the guy can he can shred. Like, he was yeah. up there doing all sorts of shit, like, not using the whammy and all the crazy effects. I'm like, yep. didn't know well, that guy could play like that. Telly, man. He's from yeah. New York, oh, yeah. guy. Why did I think 
Columbus. Thing. He's a little too liberal to be from Ohio. <laughs> that whole band, yeah, that, that would that make whole sense. band is too yeah, liberal to yeah. be from Ohio. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> They're political metal. Wonder why I thought that. I uh, everybody's Dave, gonna call me a hypocrite. Dave Grohl's from Ohio. Yes, I know Dave yeah. is. Yeah. Yep. I, you know, I didn't care much for Rage. Don't like Soundgarden. Did like Audio Slave though, which was weird. I just yeah, I know it's kind of weird. Yeah, they bouncier. were a little bouncier for me. Yeah. I love I, I just I love there it. were I if I if there's a band that I'm not super crazy about and there's one song that just annoys the shit out of me, I'm completely turned off to them. And the fucking song Spoon Man made me want to cut my own wrist. I love that. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> I do too. I Man. hated it. I, I always saw just, Audio Slave and Soundgarden were the coolest band names in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah. The coolest those are both the coolest band ever. names ever. Yeah, uh, Audio Slave was cool. Yeah, because yeah. it's, awesome. it's like their band, Audio yeah. Audio Slave. You know, yeah. I just yeah, yeah. That was good. No, but that, no, that was a good hot take out of you, Preston. I I, I would like I said, I'm glad would, it went where it did because no, I was, thought it was going to be like, no, that's not a fucking hot take, but. I've heard a lot of people talk shit about the Foo Fighters. I'm like, dude, they're fucking amazing. Yeah, I won't yep. talk shit about them. I just, I, I just don't care for the music. They're that great at what they do. Makes a lot of they're sense. They're legends. Yeah, just not my cup of tea. They, uh, I can appreciate a band and not like them at yeah. the same time. The, mm-hmm. the older I've gotten, the more I've I like the Foo Fighters. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in high school, I'm like, yeah, they're good. Mm-hmm. I was mostly into them because Dave was in Nirvana, right. and I thought that was cool. Uh, but the older I've gotten, I think the more I've appreciated songwriting. I like the Foo Fighters more and more as time goes on. I, genre, I really, they, I really like their story too, just as as a whole. I think I'm more in love with that mm-hmm. than I am. Yeah, that that whole else. genre of music. When you're talking about Soundgarden, you're talking about uh, the Foo Fighters. I think they're all just really, really good songwriters. It was all about the song. That's yep. all they're really good yeah. songwriters. Yep. Great storytellers, and there's not a lot of that in a lot of these rock bands that are out today stained is another one that was just great songwriters mm-hmm. and yeah. there's those are getting few and far between to find anymore so i i always mm-hmm. respect the greatness even if i don't care for the music itself so good job out of you tyler it's your turn bro you always have the hottest or deepest take of the night so take <laughs> us into oblivion my guy do you know what it is i i have one but it's not one that's going to make you cry. Okay, mm. that's fine. I don't feel like crying tonight. <laughs> so, Greyhaven is more talented than the majority of the metal core artists that you guys send me. Hands down, more talented. Fuck them all. I will 100 million percent disagree with every word that just tumbled past your teeth and lips. <laughs> I'm so glad. Please, I, I haven't listened to him enough to have an opinion. So, please, the majority. I okay, I would have disagreed on, three months on. ago. Give me some bands that we send you that you're referring to specifically. I think their guitarists can shred up there with Polaris, like Moss to Flames, all these these bands that you guys send me that are fucking killer. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not taking credit away from them. But what I'm saying is because you you know some people may not like their style, some people may not like their sound. They will maybe discredit Greyhaven, but those dudes have amazing songwriting. Their guitarist shreds. Their drummer's no fucking joke. Their screamer is a bad motherfucker, uh, or their vocalist is yeah, a bad I mean, motherfucker, a and and he look. His screams 
I I like his screams more than I like the typical metalcore mm-hmm. I guess scream, scream the the correct way of uh, real real deep kind of. I like of it thing. when the screams sound shitty. I like when the screams sound like there's some fucking emotion behind it. Yeah. Yep. Well, and this is just where your and I's music yeah. and and Preston's kind of in the middle. I, I guess. would say I'm in the middle. This yeah. is just kind of where you and I diverge a little bit, and that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Um, Jesse Cash would run fucking circles around their guitarist. Run fucking circles around him. Jesse Cash. Oh, Go watch man. Jesse Cash bad on dude. YouTube and tell me He's that that dude from Grey Haven's better dude. than Jesse Cash. That it's Era, by the way. Go. All go. right. So so Era may be a different story. Because they do fucking some wild shit, some wild shit, he which is why that. I say the majority. That's fair. Um, now I wouldn't say dudes up there with like periphery. No. Um, I wouldn't oh, say fine. they're. So up you think there he's up there with Aaron. Ryan from Polaris? Right. I, I, I think I, I think okay. he's up there. So I've seen him live, obviously, and the dude fucking shreds. He's all over the fretboard all the time. He is super limited by the rest of the band. You mentioned periphery. He, he I fucking hate periphery. Same. Oh, God. And same. Another one in that kind of same realm right now is Polyphia. Yeah, they're the same thing. They're I the think, exact same band. I think I think Polyphia is the the most like dick stroking nerdy. Yeah. I don't know where the clit is music I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. I've never like, seen a pussy in my life. Every yeah. Polyphia fan I talk to, they're all like all like They play that. Magic yeah. the Gathering they're and like, shit. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> but but they're just like, well, they're not, you know, Polyphia is just very superior to everything else. Yeah, like, I think it sounds like prog metal. terrible. Yeah. yeah, I think the guitars sound awful. <laughs> yeah, everything about it, like their drummer is tight as shit. He's the only yeah. redeeming thing about that band. And yeah. like Tim Henson's got, he just, I don't know, he looks like a. I just want to choke him. Throwing, <laughs> he's got that just, face. He you does, just want to choke him and I throw him around face. a little bit. Like, hey, I, how I, I feel about Dayseekers front man. I want to beat the yeah. fuck out of that like, dude. I, wanna, I hate that son of I want to put. I want to put pussy Tim, ass California. <laughs> I want to put God. Tim Henson and Lemmy Kilmeister in a room and just watch <laughs> the Lemmy. Ghost just, of Lemmy Kilmeister <laughs> would beat the fuck get, get the shit out of him. You know, that just <laughs> Lemmy hit him over the head with a rigging back. Man, yes. I, I don't want to go back to the original point, but Ryan, have you got into Greyhaven at all? I have a friend who because um, I feel as if you would absolutely fucking love it. Yeah, well, you would love Greyhaven. Cody Cody Baxter played me some Greyhaven last time he was up here recording well, some, some music with me. Well, Jasmine is a big big fan. They of all Grey are. Haven, is she? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They all are. Yes. And like she posted about him a long time ago. It yeah. didn't. Huh? It didn't. It didn't tickle my fancy. It took me about two and a half years. Again, to get he, into he it. will really? bend himself two and over. And a half fucking years. It was and look, let music rape him until he yeah. loves it. We Same talked about Stockholm it. Syndrome, we talked bro. about it before. <laughs> Preston had to get into a certain Norma Jean album to be yep. able to appreciate what Greyhaven was doing. Yep. Once he appreciated what they were doing, he actually listened to the music, and then he he realized that Greyhaven was the shit, and yep. they are the shit. And talent wise, I think they're more talented than the majority of metalcore metal bands out I there. I do agree. I, a lot of the metalcore genre has gone over my head for many, many, many years. Just it's just so cookie cutter now. It's just, kind of yeah. a fad, like we've I talked about. Like I think actually, we've talked about this before because we all ran into each other at Mugs one night, and I had played um, 
Kill Switch Engage song. I know exactly what night you're talking about. Yeah, because yeah, we were like, he, has, oh, yeah, we he had to be uh, him. You, you yeah. were together. We're like, yeah. we know that it's guy. Ryan. It's Ryan. It was, right over there. It was my curse. You guys, <laughs> you guys looking over me. My fingers are moving. I look at you guys. Your fingers are moving. Yeah. And we got talking we about it. We all got the bob and the stank face going on. We had a moment. I walked up and I was like, this is metalcore. Yeah. That, this yeah. is it's what true it's metal core. Yeah. That is true metalcore. It's a Mount Rushmore metalcore band. Yeah. And nowadays, and that's why I coined the term radio core. I prevail, Beartooth, Ice Nine Kills. There, yeah. the, there are so many Memphis of my, Mayfire I've, now. Yeah, I've said it yep. so many times. There it's are so, so many of these it bands is. that it's they horrible. all write the same fucking songs over Amity Affliction. It's five seven eight five seven eight. That's all it is. It's the same yep. fucking riffs. It's it's, it's the, just a different um, structure. It's it's all the same. So that's where I appreciate a band like Grey Haven that is different, unique. And and has their own thing, yeah. like Norma Jean. You know, I mean, we keep we keep beating the dead horse of these same bands, but it's because they're they're unique and they're good at what they do. And there's just so many of these radio core bands that I'm like, I've heard this song 15 million fucking times, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want something different, and that's why, you know, I love bands like Era. That it's so di- Spirit Box. There's so many of these bands that do shit differently. And- I would argue that Era's Screamers screams to scream he has no emo- emotion behind his scream whatsoever yeah he's doing that like uh, correct scream yeah. kind of lo- i don't know that's the only part about Aaron it's, that it's I do the not same like. scream i hear in every other metalcore yeah. um band and i'm just like ah, that's cool and all but it's, i don't feel anything from that there's no dynamics to it mm-hmm. it's right. the same no, scream every it. single it's, time it's the he same the, pitch it's the same yeah. uh, volume level yeah. and that's there's why, nothing much to it that's why i love dudes like Jamie from Polaris Noah Sebastian from Bad Omens you can feel the pain there in is voice. so much different i mean yeah. it's just it's so in that sense where you're coming from with like Greyhaven's frontman or Norma Jean or something like that you can feel Corey Taylor's another one, dude. He's yeah. just pissed. Yep. So it, there is a different feel to a lot of those um, vocals that mm-hmm. just kind of hit you differently. And Chris that's why, from Like Malls to Flames. Yeah, same I mean, thing. He's here. Yeah, he, it's, yeah, it's completely different. And yeah. that's why I appreciated bands like, um, you know, back in the day, if you go back to like uh, Bullet, like Old Bullet. Like mm-hmm. just pissed off, man. Yeah. Like it's just pissed old bullet, off. Old bullet was the shit. It was. was. <laughs> I remember in high school being an angsty, angsty teenager. Yep. Bullet yes, Valentine's dude. Like, I bullet was it. the the soundtrack to my high yeah. school years, man. Dude, and, and even like in in their genre of metalcore, like they were they were doing some really really complex, cool fucking uh, shit dude, with their music. Some of their riffs I still can't play. And it's yeah. and they had and I've said it on other episodes, but like their cleans were so beautiful. They were they wrote, a metal version of or a metalcore version of Metallica. They wrote beautiful kind of, yeah. songs. Yeah, dude, hearts burst into fire, tears of like those are gorgeous yep. songs. Yeah, and the production even back then was oh it was oh five dude, the, po- the poison too. the poison came out in oh five and has yep. master quality like it came out in twenty twenty three and it's just yep sometimes you, like uh it's always crazy to me the production quality of certain albums just get a little extra like perfect touch to them mm-hmm. even if you like um i'm a little bit of an audiophile you can pick on me all you want <laughs> but um peter gabriel's album i don't know if you're familiar with him I know peter gabriel his album so is like one of the best sounding albums that have just ever been produced and it was made back in like the 70s yeah huh. and then you got you know Mr. fucking Pro Tools up in here with all the plugins in the world and can't even touch that shit. Yeah. But then you have, like, I'm a big Billie Eilish fan. 
Okay. You have Billie Eilish who makes her music with her brother on a MacBook Pro on a single microphone in a fucking bedroom. Yeah. Like they won all those Grammys on stuff that you could go buy at Guitar Center in the Crazy. Apple Store today. Nothing special. Sure. So it really is comes down to the person pushing the buttons and 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 driving the bus, so and to speak. Has the ear for yeah, because yeah, so, yeah, it might have been produced in the '80s, but it holds up today. Yeah, to all the technology and all the crazy crazy shit we have now that we can make perfect music with, and I think that's the big thing now is everything on the radio, and a lot of it is so digital and so perfect mm-hmm. and time aligned and quantized mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. tuned and adjusted that it's just like you're beating the fucking life out of it, guys. Mm-hmm. You're beating yeah. the life out of it, and it's not. There's fun no anymore. like rock and roll to it. No, you know? no. Yeah. So to circle back to your point, Tyler, I would say that they are probably more talented than maybe half of the bands that we send, uh, or that that I guess we're into, or I'm into, or whatever. There, I would definitely agree, especially after seeing them live. If I would have just listened to the record and you said that, we'd have been fighting. <laughs> but after seeing them live, I'm like, yeah, I get where he's coming from. I, get I, think, where he's coming I from. think they write better songs than seventy percent of metalcore bands that are. That out I agree with. Their songs are Their songs. fucking. That I agree with. Dude. So, mm-hmm. but G- it's, give them a chance. I was gonna dude. say I'll give them another give shot. Give them a fucking but, chance. So. If you need what what did it for me, the last album was it. I know there's Echo and Dust, but that wasn't the name of the album. Not no, the last was, album, uh, but the albums before. Something. What was the name of those albums? The one I have tattooed on me is something black. I can't even think of the fucking Anyways, title of the, the I album. I had listened to, whether it's an album or EP, the stuff that Tyler has tattooed on him. Good songs, downloaded three of them, I think, roughly, and would yeah. listen like Sweet Machine, White Lighters, and a couple others. Then the new album, they had dropped All Candy and Ornaments from the Well, which are softer. Um, empty Black. Empty Black, yeah. But the new album is... Uh, Shit. It's got the black balloons on the front. This bright and beautiful world. Yep. Yeah. So I had listened to All Candy when it dropped because you had sent it. And then um, was it Foreign Anchor that was the heavy one that they dropped? Yep. Okay. And then they dropped Ornaments from the Well. And something about those softer songs, the vibiness of it, maybe the, I don't know. And they're a three-piece and they're getting that much No, they're four-piece. They're four-piece. Four Greyhaven's four-piece. They're four-piece. That's, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I digress. But they have one guitarist. I I get confused when, when I see... I, I'm so used to seeing so many bands where the vocalist is playing guitar, too. Yeah, yeah. But, so when I only see, like, three instruments, I, I'm like, yeah, it's three-piece. Yeah. <laughs> so I had listened to the new album, and it brought me back to the older stuff, and then I went back to the new album on the heavier part, and then I was like, yep, I finally fucking get it. it. I And I was also listening to old and new Norma Jean at the time, so maybe that was the mood yeah, I was yeah. in. But it was like, yep, I fucking understand it, and now I'm obsessed. I absolutely love it. So I think you just kind of gave a, a little bit of a Bane recommendation for the listeners. Greyhaven, I don't yeah. think we've actually We mentioned them, them on the last show, maybe. With I don't Derek. know if we've recommended them as a, as a listen. but Yeah. But there you go. There's one, right? So there it is. Go check out Greyhaven. Greyhaven. I've got a couple. I've got two. Um, one of them is is from uh, uh, TikTok. Uh, I've mentioned him a bunch of times, but my good buddy Jake at Metalcore Highlights mentioned a band called Ocean Sleeper to me. And if you are into bands like Until I Wake that are are a metal band that have unclean vocals but have gorgeous cleans, 
um, you'll, you'll really like Ocean Sleeper. My favorite song by them right now is Forever Sinking. There's another one called Light in My Dark, and then another one called Sleep Life Away. They're all really, really good. So if you like just good old-fashioned metal that's a good combination of screams, great choruses, fun riffs, go check out Ocean Sleeper. Another one that I've been listening to for a long time, and I can't believe I haven't mentioned them yet, but they just dropped some new music and it made me think of them, is a band called Nomad. And if you look them up on, um, uh, I almost said Amazon. Doesn't it show on, up as like no, Nomad, Nomad TN. TN? Yeah, Nomad TN, like they're from Tennessee. So uh, their newest song they dropped last uh, last fall is called Filth. It's fucking disgusting. I mean, straight up in-your-face metalcore. You're going to have to send me that because I, I enjoyed I the... I the chat, but I'll have to send it again. Yeah, I enjoyed the, the stuff that you had sent, I think, a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, the song called Dissension, which is like their number one song or whatever, and it, it came out in 21, so I probably would have sent it then, but they are a killer uh, metalcore band. They dropped their first album in 2019, um, song off there called Louisville Death Swing that's fucking killer, so... Go check out Nomad. Like I said, on, on Apple Music, they're called Nomad TN. Um, so those are two from me. Does anybody else have anything they want to throw out for the listeners? Go listen to All Them Witches. Yep. That's yes. right. All, circle back to that. Go listen Dude, to All Them Witches. Got to. Got okay. to. Sweet. Preston, you got anything? Uh, I got a couple. Um, this is a band I got into a few years ago. Um, ironic enough that we've talked about overproduced bullshit this whole episode um metalcore but they have some poppier choruses a band known by the name of archers i love archers they got some good shit they got some real riffy stuff um very polaris-esque type riffs their vocalist is so Um, good yeah and it's it's good stuff so one being archers and then two on kind of the other side of the spectrum me and tyler absolutely love this band Bill Murray. Oh, dude. Yes. Yeah. His fucking... B-I-L-M-U-R-I. This dude's about to have a mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Let me look it up because I'll never remember it. You will love it. If you're into Dance Gavin Dance and stuff like that, you'll absolutely love Bill Murray. He's not normally like my kind of shit. Yeah, I loved uh-huh. him in Groundhog Day. But he had... <laughs> he was great in Zombieland, too. He was fantastic in Zombieland. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! What was his album called? That, that was I, a horrible I, joke. We're gonna have so many. People he dropped. He just dropped a new one. <laughs> his uh, album. I think it was his album. Aggy Pockets, good. Wet Milk. They're all good. Fuck, except his, for the newest one. His album Frame. I really, really liked. Ooh, I don't know that I've heard that one. It's dirty. It's just some dirty fucking riffs in there that I really, really dug at the time. There's, there's a band, and they might be yeah, like, I never listened to that one. They might be like way off your guys' radar, but I was really into them when I discovered Bill Murray. They're called Microwave. Mm-hmm. They're from um, Atlanta, Georgia, and they're kind of like a Midwest emo, beautiful, just real kind of sad. But like you piqued our interest. Uh, when the dude yells, when he screams, like he's doing it with all he's worth. And yeah. they're they they have an album called Much Love. He didn't even say they they were screaming at first. He said they were yelling. <laughs> Yelling, yeah. Well, there's there's between screaming, there's screaming, there's yeah. yelling. Yes, there is. And when I first started screaming, yeah. I was actually yelling. There's yelling, there's screaming, and then there's hollering. <laughs> if I if if you're a vocalist in a band and I walk up to you, what Courthouse Prejudice does. <laughs> yeah. If if you're if you're a vocalist in a band and you do aggressive vocals and I walk up to you and I say, "Man, you got a hell of a holler on you," that means you're doing something fucking right. 
That is that is the peak compliment. That's beautiful. Like I, like I, I will strive the rest of my life to hear you say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you got a hell of a holler on oh, you. Yeah. I will the... <laughs> fuck a Grammy. I will know I made it when Ryan comes up to me and tells me I got a hell of a holler. Uh, he but tells from Southern Ohio. For State County, bud. <laughs> but they're, uh, microwaves out much love. If you just want to grab like a bottle of bourbon and some beer and some marijuana and be real fucking sad, but listen Beautiful. to some some of the. Some I think of those the three will get music. you pretty sad on their own. <laughs> well, the, yeah, then the, then the, the album's just gasoline on the fire. Oh man! Dude. Especially if you're in a microwave. God, I'm terrible. I gotta, somebody stop me! But they're uh, the song on there called "Vomit." Um, the end of it is again. We were talking about. Feeling is like an emotion, heavy or heavy, heavy yep. is an emotion, mm-hmm. dude. When it finally drops at the end, it is just it's dense. Like oh, yeah. when when you see them play it live, you can almost feel the room like everything just drops, yeah. and it's yeah. like oh shit, that's yeah. awesome. Well, they, they've been one of my one of my favorites in the past few years. Y'all, all the listeners got some homework. We just dropped a bunch <laughs> yeah. of bands for y'all to go check out. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say thank you for all the music recommendations because you guys are actually going out and checking these bands out and uh, getting back with us and telling us what you think. So, Ryan, man, thanks for coming on. Yeah, bro. absolutely. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're able to make it on a on a week night and come hang out with us. And I I saw uh, Tyler post about it, and I was like, well, I, I like drinking and. I love talking about music (laughs) and like there's not a whole lot of people in the world that I can actually sit down and talk about this stuff with. And they're like, I know what you're talking about. That's why we did this show. That's why we did it. It's fun. I I love doing shit like this. So I'm I'm glad you were able to come on. And I know that uh, the listeners will appreciate your, your journey. And as well as, you know, your information about, you know, being in two bands and how to be successful at that. And, and I know a lot of local (laughs) artists that listen to the, Listen to the show. Yeah. We'll be able to take some stuff from that and relate to it. So, uh, speaking for them, we appreciate that. Yeah, man. it's hey. Uh, the and thing if I've, y'all get a chance, go check out Derailed. They're on all your streaming platforms. Yep. If I'm not yep. mistaken, uh, yeah. Is is the other band? Is yeah, that, it's called. We're called Akasha Haze. There we go. Kind of an odd name, but um, we are out there. But like, the, maybe you should spell it. For I was gonna us. say you might uh, want to spell it. illiterate oh, people. Fuck. I'm a drummer. I can't fucking spell. <laughs> I barely got my yeah. license. Yeah. Uh, it's spelled A K A S H I C and then Haze, H A Z E. Okay. It's kind of a okay. cool, um, kind of a cool thing. I'll explain it. It's pretty quick. Uh, Trevor, our front man, he's pretty, uh, I won't call him spiritual in like the religious sense, but he's, he's very in tune with like that kind of shit. Um, and the Akashic records are, I think it's part of Buddhism. I think I could be totally butchering that, but the Akashic records are a, a religious record of every feeling and event and thing that has ever happened in the existence of humanity and being in touch with the Akashic records and, and life and what happens between people is, you know, like, a something to be had you know um mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure pretty sure it's buddhism because I, I think he's he's pretty into that shit um and then haze because we like smoking marijuana <laughs> <laughs> and we're it's just it's a, that was a much shorter explanation yeah yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a stoner doom band but our our, our ep that um we're our plan is to redo it um it's kind of like a concept album i guess of of like a whole story and whatnot and um if you catch us at a show, Trevor can 
He can dump it on you. I just hit shit really hard and have fun. (laughs) Drink some beers and go home and go to bed. That's that's what I'm here to do. So hell yeah, man. Well, thanks again to Ryan for coming on. Hope everybody enjoys this conversation. And until next time, we are the Screaming Idiots, and we'll see you next week. Peace, love, dove. Good shit.